The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I don't need you. Catherine, who presents Naked Attraction. Right, trousers off then, everyone, um, please. That's Here's the thing, dear listener, this is the Late Night Alternative weeknights from 10. I'm Ian Lee, I've said her name already, so we cannot do the shenanigans we normally do. It's Katarina Boylski. The phones don't work. There's a surprise. Um, I have another phone number up and running. Here's the thing, right? I'm not going to tell you what the other phone number is, okay? I'm not going to tell you what the other phone number is. 
let's see how big a fan you are of us, shall we? There is another phone number, a new phone number that you can call the studio on. It's set up, it's working, it's running. It's not the official talk radio phone number. There's another phone number. Some of you will know it because some of you pay attention and listen, take notes, log us in your journals and things. If you know, I mean, what a way to do a phone-in show. Someone knows. Someone has been paying attention, dear listener. Let's go. Hello, caller. You're down the rabbit hole. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. This is Ray. I thought it might be Ray. First cab off the rank, phoning our top secret number. Yes. Have you got anything Come to on, say? Guys, you, you all know what it is. Yep. Come on, get dialing. There we go. He's threatening. It's threatening, almost as, as threatening as Clinton Baptiste was to that fruitcake Paul the other day. Have you got anything for us, Ray? Or no, you're just, just showing uh, off that you know the number? Yes, and to reassure you that we're out there listening. I like it yourself. Hey, man, I saw that you had to um, uh, get your old cat. Uh, sent on to its next oh, stage yeah. of journey yeah. the other day. I, I had to have it put down. I'm sorry to hear that. How, was it a boy or a girl? Um, yeah, she, it was a she. Um, she was a, a ginger female, so mm. very rare. Mm. And at ten and a half, she she lost oh. half her body weight. And oh. was just there was too much wrong. Oh, so. well, I'm sorry to hear that. Ten, ten, ten is is no age for a cat. Uh, I'm no. sorry to hear that, man. And I saw I saw um, Hannah's tweet the other day, and uh, you know as, as you know, I get it with my three girls. So, um, yeah. really sorry, man. Yeah, and uh, your velvet, well, she's gone double that already. Double, she's doubled, mate. She's, I reckon, I reckon yeah. we, she's 20 years, six months. I reckon we got another 10 years in her. The way she shouts oh, at me. So. Ray, nice to talk to you, mate. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. There we go. We're just taking calls on a top secret number. Mm. Hello, caller. You're uh, on Talk Radio. I'm just showing off I know the number. <laughs> This is the way to do it, dear listener. This is how we make it fun. All right, the twenty-five million pound studio. The phone number don't work. Okay, I have another phone number. I'm not telling you what it is. How how exclusive is that, Catherine? I'm not telling people what the number is. If you know it, you can go and find it out. It's out there. Go and find it out, and then you can phone us. I might tell you later on. There might, might there might have been a clue. There might have been a clue. I might have given you the answer. Go. And, um, if you want to give us a call, you're very welcome. Otherwise, it's me and Kath chatting. And I'm more than happy to do that. There's a lot to talk about. I want to talk about Yetis. I want to talk about vagina. The vagina. Excuse me. I always get windy pops when I say vagina. The vagina museum. Um, I want to talk about... Which one of these things do I want to do first? Oh, I'll, uh... Let's do, let's do the Twitter thing first. So, I joined in the pylon on Laura Koonsberg yesterday. Um, in, in, you know, there was this guy who was uh, at a hospital because his kid is very, very ill, and Boris Johnson turned up, and he laid into Boris Johnson, and Boris Johnson looked absolutely mortified. I don't have a problem with anything that happened there, and I certainly don't care that the guy's a Labour activist. Couldn't care less. I think it's great that he held whatever his position, whatever his background, I think it's great that he was able to hold the Prime Minister of this country to account. And I wish nothing but health to his little girl. I hope, I don't know what the medical situation is there, but I hope that she gets sorted. Yep. 
Boris Johnson, uh, in uh, his tweet afterwards, said he didn't mind what happened. Yeah. He said that. Um, and he that did it was lie his during job. the. He did, he did lie during the the thing. The guy wasn't wearing a mic pack, as everyone has been saying. It was. It seemed to be a very spontaneous. Yeah. Uh, uh, thing. I mean, how could it be planned? Well, he he he, he timed it so that his daughter was ill. It's nuts. and also, what was the point of that visit if not to gauge the situation of the NHS? Yeah. Was it just to look at the paintwork? No. Yeah. So he got an update. Um, and then Laura Koonsberg, the BBC political correspondent, um, tweeted that it happened. And then she tweeted, ah, it turns out he's a Labour activist, the, 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 the dad. And then her third tweet, ish, may have got the timeline slightly wrong, was, here he is. And then she retweeted his tweet about him saying, I bumped into Boris Johnson and I gave him a piece of my mind. Right. And my knee-jerk reaction was that was disgusting of Laura to um, highlight that, and it was out of order, and so I did a snarky tweet about, uh, has anybody got any sick or dying kids that I, um, so I can bully you and lie to you and then get called out by my journalist friends, any ideas, Laura Koonsberg? And I tweeted, I, I added her, she probably didn't see it, she has, loads of people were tweeting her yesterday. And I felt very self-righteous and I felt very proud of myself, and I thought, I have done a good thing. I have done a good thing. Brilliant. Good. Clever me. And I mentioned it on the show last night as well. And then last night in bed, I couldn't sleep last night. I didn't get to sleep till about four. And I was thinking about it. I thought, maybe, maybe I've got it slightly wrong. And then I fell asleep. And then I woke up this morning and I thought, maybe, maybe I did get it wrong. And then I listened to James O'Brien who eloquently explained why he thought what she did was not a problem. And I thought about it some more, and I realised the, the issue I thought I had was with her terminology, here he is, in that retweet. And on its own, it could be seen as combative. Here he is, drones attack. But after the previous tweet, you put the two tweets together, it turns out that father was actually a Labour activist. Um, the next tweet, here he is. Actually, it's not so aggressive. It's not so. In my opinion, in my opinion, it's not as... In, here we go. Here's something I can't be contradicted on. It's in, in, After that first tweet, that second tweet, here he is, is not as aggressive as I thought it was. There we go. Could have been worded differently. Of course it could have been worded differently. Could have been worded in a more, um, in, in a softer manner. But the second tweet in context is not as aggressive, in my opinion. There we go. Now we're covered. So I went on and I, and I thought for a couple, for a few hours actually, I thought, well, I should probably say, if I've called someone out in a public forum and I now don't agree with what I said, then I need to, Apologise in a public forum, and I added her in the calling out. So I need to at her in the apology, and I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. About three hours, I was sitting on that, thinking I don't really want to do it because people will have a go at me for it. It will look needy, and I was all these things. I thought, no, 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 it doesn't matter how it looks. It is the right thing to do by my creed, my philosophy, whatever. So I wrote a tweet saying, 
I was a little bit eager and a little too keen yesterday to jump into a pylon and uh, thinking about it, I was wrong, so um, uh, apologies. I didn't use the word sorry, which is a mistake, because apologies should have the word sorry in it, and I, I thought that afterwards, but I didn't want to do another tweet. So apologies to at Laura Kunzberg, right? And some people went, all right, well, well played, well played, okay. Some people ignored it, because it's not really important in the great scheme of things. Some people went, hmm, but has she apologised yet for, for encouraging a pylon on that man? didn't reply to those, but, but that's not what an, what an apology is for. I have no, it's not up to me, for, I, I can't tell her to apologise for anything. I'm just apologising for me. That's how apologies work. You don't apologise to try and make the other person feel less than or to get them to say sorry. One should apologise because one feels that one has done something wrong and has recognised it and wants to say sorry for that. Yeah. That's it. I get it. I'm sorry, but you did this is not an apology. That's it. That's all it is. It, you, you can only, you, I am only responsible for my actions and what I say. So I did that and a couple of high profile people, uh, retweeted it. James O'Brien retweeted it. And that's when, oh, uh, we might have a phone call. And that's when, um, it started getting a little bit weird. People getting very angry with me. Now listen to this guy, right? This is, um, Matt Wilson. Let me just take these. Hang on a second, because the phone is doing something very, very strange. Um, let's try line, uh, oh God, is it gonna, um, hang on, hang on, hang on, everyone cut, everybody just cool out. Um, I can't pick them up. I can't pick them up. Uh, so Matt Wilson, right, tweet. This is the funniest one. There were some really aggressive ones, some calling me a coward, some saying it was the mainstream media circling the wagons, someone saying, oh, such a shame, Ian, I used to like you, but you're just, um, now that you, uh, you're working for Murdoch, you've been told to say, to say this. You've got to toe the Tory line. And I replied saying, well, you obviously didn't hear me calling Boris Johnson a shit on my show the other day. We're not told to toe, we're not told you won't believe this because this is what we say. This is what we would say. We're not told to toe any line. Uh, the only time I have been told to maybe curb back a little bit is um, uh, when I keep going on about the monkeys. That's the, that's the only time I've been maybe you could just reel that in a bit. Political stuff, not at all. So, um, let me just try and find where this Matt Wilson starts. Here we go. Uh, here we go. This is great. Matt Wilson says... So I deleted the tweet as well. I often delete my tweets. I deleted the tweet. Matt Wilson says, deleting a tweet is cowardly. And you've wasted the time of anyone who commented on it. And let me just find the, his, his, sorry, his, his Twitter's, I, I don't really understand Twitter at the moment. It's gone a funny way. Let me just read this thread because it made me laugh so much. Um... Oh, well, he's, he, he's called Laura Kunzberg a massive Tory C-word. So, oh, okay, so dear. that's where he's at. Deleting a tweet is cowardly, and you've wasted the time of anyone who commented on it. And you've wasted the time of anyone who retweeted it and all their followers who wanted to see it. If it's something you think you're going to apologise for later, don't tweet it. Or do you just want to be seen as the guy who is big enough to apologise? This is all over six or seven tweets. And then the final one is, ah, F it. Now I'm mad about a tweet I haven't even seen. So he hadn't even seen the tweet and he's getting angry. Here's the thing. There's no real point to this 
guys, no real point to this. You may agree with what Laura Kunzbo did, you may disagree, you may have no feelings about it. I don't care. I really don't care. I felt that by joining the pylon, I was um, betraying my own personal philosophy. And I thought about it, and th- it wasn't the worst thing I've ever done. You know, I, I did, but I thought about it, it made me uncomfortable, and I had to rectify it in some small way. That some small way was, was deleting the tweet and sending her an apology in, in, in the same forum that I sent the comment, attack, whatever you want to call it. And loads of people seem, I'm fascinated by the people who seem scared, threatened, angry, that someone could possibly change their mind. They can't believe that I would do it willingly, so I must have been told by Rupert Murdoch to do it. Same like um, that, remember that... um, Christian Dion, the psychic, who got upset because I said he was he, he was a bullshit artist, which is probably a bit harsh, a little bit harsh. So I apologised to him. I apologised to him. Oh, you've been told to apologise to me. Some people find it hard to accept that actually people can can realise that they they've maybe crossed the line on their own and can apologise spontaneously and mean it and actually mean it. An apology you've been told to do to stop trouble or to save your job. That's not an apology. That's not an apology. The apology to Christian Dion and the apology to Laura Coons were genuine. They were completely off mind. Didn't even discuss that latter with you, Kath. They just did it, right? So people seem confused by that. But also, it's so rare for a radio host, someone in the public eye, anyone to change their mind and to state that publicly, that when it happens, people think there has to be an ulterior motive or they have to get angry about it. Are you getting angry? Are these people getting angry because they agreed with my initial thing and now I've betrayed them? Are they getting angry because I've shown that I I can process information and my behaviour and think about it and regret that behaviour and and try and turn it around? I don't know what scares people so much about that. Have you got any ideas, Yeah, I do. Go on. Because people at the moment, some people on Twitter... Yeah have handed over their accounts pretty much to a cause, right? And it's a really handy way of indulging in the sort of tribalism that you normally see at big sporting events, football, I'm thinking, for example, where it turns into, we beat you, you're rubbish, he's a C-bomb, you're a C, all that sort of stuff from people who've never put a pair of trainers on apart from to go to the pub. It makes people feel important, it makes people feel powerful, and it usually is a sign that they are feeling powerless in other aspects of their life, I think. Because otherwise, why would you bother trying to, not even trying to yep. change someone's mind, are you really? It's just attacking someone for attacking someone's sake. Someone you're never going to meet. You have no idea what they're going through in their life. You're just kicking out. Happy people don't do that. Happy people don't yep. do that. And what did you do before politics? Here's the other thing. Politics at its core, I really believe... I mean, there are some people who use it, you know, for a career and to make money for themselves, whatever. But for the most part, people who discuss politics or are interested in politics believe that they are supporting someone or something that is going to make life better. Yeah. This completely contradicts that. 
you know, how can you be a proud patriot when actually you're in, indulging in the sort of behaviour that is really dividing the country? Let me misquote someone, then you need to guess who said this. If uh, we're not allowed to change our mind, then democracy doesn't work. Something along those lines. Who said that? Oh. It's a good one. It's a good one. Should I tell you? It was a... Wasn't it like Cameron or someone? Someone like that. It was David Davis. <laughs> right. If you're not allowed to change your mind, then we don't, and the democracy doesn't yeah. work. David Davis, the Brexit dude. I, I'm very suspicious of people who've had the same opinion for uh, on on everything since they were about 15. Yeah. And there are some people out there who are showing definite signs of being frightened of being open to a different opinion. There's nothing weak about changing your mind. I think it shows a great strength. Listen, this is a really tiny thing, okay? It's, it's a minute thing. She probably didn't read my tweet. Might have done. She probably didn't. Um, the, the people that seem to be upset are the people that initially agreed with me. And a few people that initially disagreed with me and they're now going, aha, aha. Yeah, and but that, but that's fine as but well. It's, but it's all about their own stuff, right? It's nothing to do with you, right? Well, the people's yeah. behaviour yes. is none of your business. Yes. So why are they bothered about yours? Because they are taking too much importance yeah. in being part of a groundswell of something, yeah. right? Because I think that shows insecurity. Yeah. Um, I don't particularly care if I if you disagree with me as long as you're not going to punch me for it. Yeah. Why, why does it matter? It's a funny what happened to this country's tradition of going, oh well, whatever happened to that? Yeah. You have to hate someone all of a sudden because of one point that they might have made. Yeah. It's balls. It is balls. And I just found it fascinating. Really, really fascinating. The anger that I changed my mind. The apology today was a, was about my behaviour. That's all it was. I wasn't saying I wasn't saying I agreed with her. I wasn't saying well done for what you did. I wasn't saying any of that. What all I said was my behaviour. My behaviour did not match the standards I'm trying to set for myself, and I apologise for that. That was it. Didn't anyway condone or condemn her. I, I, nothing. But don't you see that the people who may have been of that view that you gave yesterday, the ones that are kicking out, feel like it's a condemnation of them. Yeah. I mean, how insecure would you have to be for that to be the case? One person. Sonny says, can we just agree that Twitter is shite and move on? Yes, we can, Sonny. We can do that. He says on Twitter. He says on Twitter. No, I get it. I get it. Oh, I like Sonny's tweets. But, um, but also I, I think this is more than Twitter. I think this, this is, this is more, uh, uh, than Twitter. I think this is, this is kind of politics. I think this is, this is a lot of life. And I guess what we're trying, or I am trying to say now, and what I've been trying to say for the last few weeks is, Life isn't binary. In the old days, you, the old days, geez, back in the day, you could have a strong disagreement with someone politically and then you could go out for a drink with them afterwards. Or you could have it over a drink. Or you could go and have sex with them. Or you could go, you, you, you never spoke to them again. But now you it's, could, you, you cannot, could take the mickey out of them you could take it. the mickey out of them. Now you can't. Now you have a strong disagreement with someone about politics and then you are at war. It doesn't have to be like that. It's not binary. This is the only way I think we're going to get through this Brexit thing is if we all realise that um, the, 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 it's okay to disagree with people. It's okay to disagree with people. Also, shouting at someone never changed no. anyone's mind. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I can't give you the phone number because the phone doesn't work. They went mental then for a second, but they're not working. There is a secret 
phone number for this show. And I saw about five or six people just called in and I didn't take their calls. So when we come back from the break, if you know the secret phone number that I'm not going to give out, the studio phone doesn't work, try it. You won't get through. I'm not giving out the secret phone number just yet, maybe later. If you're a hardcore fan and you know it, you're welcome to give us a call. This is the Late Night Alternative. Going to be a, a, a weird one tonight, I suspect. They're normally the best. Catherine Boyle, Ian Lee, every weeknight from 10 on Talk Radio. Moonlit musings for mums, madams, Ooh. and meat packers. Oh, never mind, I must have misheard. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. The station's brilliant. On Talk Radio. I was about to, my, my, my default setting is to give out the phone number when we come back from the break, but the phones here aren't working. You can try them, right? But they, they weren't working for the last hour or so of James's show. They're certainly not working now, right? Um, but I have a top secret phone number connected to my laptop, which if you are a regular listener to the show, if you are a fan of mine and Catherine's niche side projects, give that number a call. I've missed... Seven calls, and I apologise, it's because we were having a little roll there, uh, but so if I see it, here we go, here comes a call, let's see. Hello caller, you're on talk radio. Today I went to watch Bharat film with zero expectations, I didn't have much expectations because last year, race three, Salman Khan was the hero, this, year, this film also Salman Khan is the hero. Okay, that's a great accent. Are we saying Indian? Is that, it felt a little bit heavier than Indian, didn't it? It felt a little bit. It's a great accent. Superb accent. Um, someone, I can just um, call someone back here because I missed it. Uh, let's give this person a call. I just missed this call. Let's try this. Yeah. Is that just misses that semi-beat? I love it. What's that ringtone, I wonder? Hello? Hello, caller. You're on tour radio. Hello, yeah, Convict number 216, just phoning in to add it to the register. Beautiful, Bye. thank you very much, goodbye. I love the register. Hello, caller, you're on Talk Radio using the top secret number. <laughs> hey, guys, how's it going? That, that was, was an evil... That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was a really evil laugh at the start of that. Hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, not bad, you? I'm very, very well. Can, may I ask who this is? You don't have to tell me. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it nameless, it's a secret line. Perfect, I um, love it. What, what can we do for you? Since, since yesterday's visit of, of um, I forget his name, the, the psychic, the psychic. Clinton Baptiste, yes. Yes, the the guy with the many angles and, and the universe, um, it's, it's all gone a bit spooky and I feel like uh, probably continue that trend if you run out of ideas. Well, so what, what if you run out of ideas? Mate, we never have any <laughs> ideas. <laughs> we, we, we run out of ideas at what, five minutes to ten. Well, go on, so what, are, you, are you saying that spooky stuff has happened to you since we had Clinton Baptiste in the studio? Uh, no, um, I think... Um, I felt like I channeled that evil laugh out of, out of, uh, alternate universe. Alternate universe, jeez. Yeah. I think, I think I'll just leave it there. Uh, have, okay. a good, have a good one. Okay, thank you. That was weird, right? A bit, yeah. Pointless? Yeah. Worthwhile. Waste of our time? No. Okay. Never. Okay. I say never. Who's next? Um, I love this because they've got no names, no idea who these people are. Hello, caller, you're on Talk Radio. Hello, my name's Dave and I'm down the rabbit hole. Yay! That's it! (laughs) Jeez, this could be a disaster. It's their fault, give us a studio that works. That's all we ask for. Hello, caller, you're on Talk Radio. 
Hello, Ian. It's Tracy and Andy. Tracy and Andy, couple of swingers. They put the phone down. Yeah, busy, isn't it? <laughs> they may struggle to hear you, Catherine, because of... Because, um, I mean, even when I've got a microphone, they seldom speak to me. I, I know, isn't it weird? Even when other presenters come in the studio, they ignore you sometimes. <laughs> That's weird, isn't it? That's weird. I think I might be invisible. Huh? Um, Tracy and Andy are too busy rutting away. There is a phone number. It's top secret. We're not giving it out. Do a little bit of digging um, and you might find it. Um, let's talk about slightly heavy start to the show. Let's get heavy again for just a few more minutes and then we'll, we'll move on to the, the, the nonsense. Um, uh, I don't. Uh, yeah. So after last night's show, after the show, right, we leave the news core building and we walk out past london bridge station we have to go down an escalator outside that is never on for some reason is generally being repaired and then we kind of to get to where we park our cars we have to walk past the the bar of the shard so there's a so decadence on one side you know a lot of people with um you know short skirts and very smart suits and perfume and obviously a lot of money mm-hmm. and, quite, and a lot of alcohol a lot of alcohol and quite often not, not saying not quite sure why short skirts imply a lot of money but you you know there's 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 fun and and, and they're in there going out gear thank you that's what i was trying to say um and then quite often on the other side of the road there will be one two maybe three Homeless people, beggars, not quite sure which they are from time to time. And one of the things in London, and I guess a lot of the major cities, but in London, I don't live in London now, but I did live in London for 20 odd years, is you get used to the juxtaposition of immense wealth with immense poverty. You get used to it. Unfortunately, you know, you, you see the two literally side by side. Um, a lot. And I'm always, if a beggar or a homeless person speaks, uh, speaks to me, I always speak to, I nearly always speak to them. Um, I, I'm like the queen, I very rarely am I carrying cash and I tend to go, I haven't got any money, mate. Sorry. I hope you're doing all right. If it looks like they're in a little bit of trouble and I've got a few minutes, I might even have a chat with them. Sometimes they recognize me. So I have a little chat with them and that's all cool, right? I'm not saying that's so you think I'm a great guy, but that's where I am. Um, and last night, Kath and I were walking to our cars. Catherine and I were walking to our cars when a homeless guy asked us for money and I said, I haven't got any change on me. Sorry, man. Have a good night. And we walked past. As we walked past, we both went, oh, my God, he was a baby. He was really young. He was a baby. It was... uh... Let me paint a picture for you. Very gaunt, tall, Yeah. very thin. Yeah. As I said, got um, sort of blonde, dirty blonde hair, but the face, like an angelic face. Yeah. Of a kid, a kid. And he kind of, as we turned, I don't know if you noticed, but he sort of looked at me and pointed as though he recognised me. And as we walk into the car, I just went, I feel, and you get hardened to it. You get hardened to it. But we both, we had a conversation about him, if you remember. I said, I feel terrible about that. I feel terrible walking past him like that. He was a baby. 20, 20, what was 21, I found out. So we got to the cars and we said goodnight and then as we, we had to drive past him and we drove past him and I, as we'd walked to the car, I'd actually found a fiver in my pocket that I didn't know was there, genuinely didn't know was there. And, and I, and I, I felt, I, I felt, I felt terrible. So we drove past him and we got maybe a hundred yards past him and I pulled over and I got out and I said to Kath, I have to go and say something to him. I can't. I can't with a clear conscience just leave him. 
So I went up and spoke to him, and I gave him the fiver. Good, that's going to do. And um, he was a really nice lad. He's called Tom, and he's 21. And I mean, we chatted for th- four minutes, three minutes. You know, we didn't set the world to rights. I didn't, you know, try and sell him anything, or, or I, you know, I just wanted to show him that. I was a human being and he's a human being and I recognised that very simple connection. That's it. Wasn't offering advice or doing an NA thing. He didn't, I don't think he was on drugs. I wasn't doing any of that. I just wanted to say to him without using those words, I recognise you as an equal. Despite how we look, we both look, yeah. I recognise you as a human being and that's all I am. And we had a really nice chat and, um, uh, we, we didn't solve anything and I, as we left, I said, are you alright? He said, yeah, I'm alright. I said, are you safe? He went, yeah, I should be. I went, alright, man. Well, my name's Ian and we shook hands and I said, if, if you see us again, come and say hello, you know. Yeah. Um, and then there was that awkward bit. I got in my car and drove past him and beeped him and waved and then I got stopped at a traffic light and he came up parallel with the car and I wound the window down and said, dude, we got to stop meeting like this. He said, yeah, I know, stop following me. You know, that weird thing when you say goodbye to someone. But, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just had to share that we both, Catherine and I, both were moved and saw the humanity in beggars. One does get desensitised to seeing homeless people there, but he, you said afterwards he looked like my youngest. Yeah. Looked like my youngest. He was a kid. I know you, it turned out he was 21. He could have passed for 17, 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, he, looked, he looked 16 to me. He looked 16, but he's, he said he was 21. I have no reason to doubt you. He was a tall lad, but he did look like a baby. And he was, you know, he was he was very dirty. He was, he'd obviously been homeless for a while. And you just think, man, what? And it's none of my business. I certainly didn't ask. Maybe if I met him again, I would I would ask him. You think what? How has a beautiful twenty-one-year-old and by beautiful I mean you know beautiful soul? How has a beautiful twenty-one-year-old lad ended up there? Ended up there? Yeah. Um. What so. normally happens as I'm walking back is. I feel a bit threatened sometimes mm-hmm. if it's an older man yep. and someone taller than me and, you know, just physically, even though I kind of know that n- nothing's going to happen to me because there's usually loads of people about, there is an element of threat there, whether yep. real or imagined. But with him, there wasn't. And that was the thing that made him stand out to me. I saw a kid, a, a kid, um, and he did look like your youngest. That's the other thing. He was heartbroken, and I had a little little cry on the on the way home. Just uh, for him, not for him, for my boys, for your girls, for the fact that someone could end up in a situation. It's lost kids. That's what we were thinking about. Yeah. Anyway, again, hello, line one. You're on the talk radio. Good evening. It's Naomi from Bradford. Hey, Naomi knows the number. Naomi knows the number. Catherine, can you say something to Naomi? I want to see if she can hear you from where you are. Naomi, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. All, All right. right. We're in. I don't know why I spoke really quietly then. <laughs> Do I come over quiet? Can you just about hear me? You or don't can know. You fine. Right. 
She's quite, yeah, she's quite gobby, Catherine, isn't she, Naomi? Oh, God, so gobby. It's fine, it's the northerners. Yeah, it's, the, ah, it's the northerners, aye, we're all up yeah. for the crack, aye. Hey, we're yeah, up for the crack. Hey, who wants to, who wants to go down on me? Hey, what? we're up for it. <laughs> isn't that what they say? No. Okay. Yeah, I mean, idiot. some do. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Naomi, you're probably calling us from bed, I guess, as you often do. As usual. Why, can I ask? Can I ask you a personal question? Why not? Did you get a new tattoo recently? This wasn't the question. Did you, the last time we spoke, did you say you were getting a new tattoo? I've had one, two, three, four, five things last book. What? Yeah. Well, what have you had? We only, what have you had? I've had a little rail on my finger. A rail? A rail. A whale? A flamingo on my ear. Oh, so it's like on a zoo. Other, yep, another, on the other ear, another mini mouse. And on my ankle, oh. an African land snail. And what a else? An Alaskan little... land snail. African land snail. African land snail. What are you, David Attenborough? What is this? I was say you'll be uh, the subject of a documentary. <laughs> 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 Wowzers. And what else? I am considering, just a consideration at the moment, Do I it. am considering getting either a tattoo or a piercing... And the piercing would either be on my nips. Oh, yes. Or my ding dang dooly. Nips. Do you think nips? Yeah. Tell me why nips. Catherine's nodding in agreement to this. She's not. She (laughs) looks disgusted. She's like, what are you talking about? You've not mentioned this to me. I've been watching a lot of Naked Attraction. What, and you still haven't realised it looks horrible? I I think the little bars through the nips look quite good. I think they look good. I think they look good, yes. And they don't hurt. And they don't hurt? Not that much, no. Oh, oh my God, it's already increased from zero to not that much. It's, It's fine. It's fine. I got both men done together. Okay. And, um, to, together. Okay. It, but can people, would people, would my, would my mum be able to see it if I wore a, a loose fitting t-shirt to go and visit her? Yes. Look at Evan Davis, old tinsel tits. You can see his. Uh, actually, he's not <laughs> twinkle tits. And you can see his. Um, cause I don't want my mum to tell me off. Well, it makes sense. Shall I wait for her to die? That's what I'll do when mum no, dies. No, 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 just- just wear, you'll just have to wear a face underneath a t-shirt. I'll do hers, I've got a compass and some ice, it'll be fine. You'll be right, you'll be right, guy. I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to do it. Catherine is, is sat back with her arms folded, her tongue in between her lower teeth and her lip, and she's shaking her head violently. Catherine, I'm guessing this is a no from you. May I ask why, please? Your tits, do what you want, but, okay. um, uh, mm. If anybody, right, okay, next, next, if anybody, um, wants to come and, um, puncture, what's it called, piercing my tit, I don't want one, what's wrong with you? Nothing. You're just there, she's there, get this, Naomi, she sat there squinting, <laughs> right, squinting, just shaking her head, going, no, no, no. I think, I honestly think you should get your tattoo and your piercing. I want to get a tattoo of a dragon up my back and its tail goes up my asshole. <laughs> oh, that's the funniest. <laughs> there we go. She's in. We're in. All right, Naomi. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate the support. There we go. That's true. That's true, friends, Catherine. Support. All right. Okay. Okay. Huh? Yeah. Mm. 
This is Tool Radio. Uncut after-hours conversation for the up-all-night generation. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Keep going to give out the phone number, but the phone doesn't work. We are taking phone calls, but only on a top-secret telephone number. If you know it, you know it. It's out there. It's out there. If you can do a little bit of digging around, you'll find it. Okay? But we're not going to tell you what it is. And do you know what, Catherine? I think we need to be brave and not tell them for the whole show. Well, it's not bravery on my part. I actually can't remember it. <laughs> no, you can. You never can. <laughs> That's you, your job. You can never <laughs> remember it. I know it off by heart. But you don't, you don't know it. Listen, if you know the number, um, you're very welcome to come on. We've missed a few. Oh, no, here comes one now. So we might call some of the ones we've missed back. If I've not answered it, you're very welcome to call back oh. in. Hello, caller, you're on Talk Radio. Hello. Hello, who's, who's this? It's, uh, it's Ollie. Oh, hello, Ollie. You sounded really, really old and oh. female. <laughs> yeah, no, he did it. I thought it was oh, June. Okay. I thought that was June. <laughs> I thought June, June, June's not sounding very well. Wow. <laughs> How are you doing, Ollie? You're right. It's, I'm alright, it's been a while since I called in. It's been a while since you called in, but it's not been that long since you, um, blew me up on, uh, PlayStation 4. Well, that was your fault, you walked into he, the explosion. I so. apparently walked into where he was just lobbing grenades willy-nilly, <laughs> so I died, and then in the next game I killed him, fair, and then in the next game, where we should have been equals, quits, yeah. he but, then just shot me. No, it wasn't fair when you killed me, it was only fair when I killed you back. Because well, no. my, the first kill was accidental. Yeah, so my first kill was kill accidental. Wasn't. I was just accidentally firing what? bullets at you. Oh, then I apologise, I'm sorry. And no, no, okay, okay, just, it was, you knew, <laughs> you knew I had limited... Oh. Did you hear that? No, what, what did she say? She said, don't get your nipple pierced. Right, I'm going to do it just, just to spite your, um, uh, wife. She's your wife, isn't she? I keep going to say partner, she's your wife. I, I'm going to do it just to spite your wife, because I know she, she doesn't like this show. She's had it done before, and I was going to warn you as well, because I've damaged my nipples in the past. Ollie, <laughs> 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 you are so full of surprises. You're such a mild-mannered, really nice guy, and I, I genuinely, I love playing with you and Roger, and now Amy's been joining us on the PlayStation 4. I've, I've, been, I've had so much fun those last couple of sessions. But you really, really surprised me. How did you damage your nipples? Uh, I was going to London to see David Blaine. Do you remember when he was in the key, in the box? Yes, I do remember when he was in the box. Yes. <laughs> did he did he zap we, them with his mind powers? Well, I got off on the wrong station, so we had to walk all the way. You got him trapped in the door. Was it on the bridge, Tower Bridge or something? Isn't it? And uh, I was wearing this really, I don't know, like pattern shirt. It was like really like had like really big dents in it, or whatever. I don't know how to explain it. It was big like stripes, dense. but really dents. Dense. Oh, um, ribbed. It was like, sorry, ribbed. It was like, oh, <laughs> was it ribbed? It's it's really quiet. I can't really hear. You. It was like it was like a cheese grater on my nipples, and I. It was <laughs> oh, he got he got jogger's nipple. What do you mean, like those, um, like a body stocking? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't like that. It was just a, a style of shirt back then. Okay. Was it ribbed? Yeah, it was like, yeah. Thank kind of, you. Yeah. Oh, you have to shout, Catherine, because they can't hear it. you from there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to be like Gran on the extension. <laughs> 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 I 
Ask him if it was ribbed! <laughs> I'm talking to him. Was it ribbed? Okay. Okay, I'd so you went to David Blaine and you were wearing a ribbed shirt. Yeah, and it was like a cheese grater and it, was, it like scarred my nipples a bit and for days it felt like my nipples were expanding and contracting like the size of my chest. Wow. My, like I had huge nipples. And <sighs> it just hurt. But it, it hurt for months. <laughs> it was bad. This is the best call I've had in a long time. So, Tonight, so tomorrow's podcast on his nipples. There we go. Are your nipples fine now, Ollie? That's what everyone wants to they're, know. They're just recovering after like 10 years. This is, well, no, he was in the more. box. He was in the box 16 years ago, I think. Yeah. 16 years ago. It took about ago. 10 years to suddenly recover. Do you remember, um, did you hear what, what Paul McCartney said about David Blaine in the box? Oh, what's that? Oh, this is great. Paul McCartney, drunk. This is a this is a true story. Paul McCartney, drunk one night uh, with a couple of mates, went out to see David Blaine, and there was some press there. And uh, the press, I think it was around the time he was splitting up with Heather Mills, and some press said, "Paul, Paul, can we get a couple of pictures of you?" And McCartney apparently said, "No. Why don't you f off? I've just come to see the C in the box." <laughs> it's a great I've just come to look at the C in the box. <laughs> um, but I think I, his nipples were okay. I just remember um, people throwing food at him and him getting very uh, upset. It was it was rubbish, wasn't it? Because there was no there was no trick. He got fed through a tube. <laughs> And, uh, it wasn't a magic trick, it was a shit, <laughs> it was a <laughs> shit trick. But then there was the next trick he did, was, I think in New oh. York, where he was on top of a pole for like yeah. a month or something, and then the live finale, I think it went wrong, the live finale, I think he was supposed to get catapulted up in the air and disappear, but oh, he wow. didn't, and it just ended with him stood on this pole or something. It was really weird. <laughs> I liked it when he used to go up and down the street and he'd, he'd tap someone on the nose and then the, their card would be in a shop window. That's Go back to doing that. I, I learned how to float like him. I, because it, apparently it was yeah. all camera tricks yeah. and all you had to do was get, stay, get somebody in the right position yeah. and go on. Up I learned how, how to do, I learned how to do the, float, the floating. The floating's easy, you're right. It's, ca it's having someone in the right position uh, and then putting your feet at the right angle and then just standing <laughs> yeah. on your toes. But what they did in the first couple of David Blaine specials is they did camera tricks. So they'd film him doing that and people going, yeah. oh my God, look, you've, you're off the ground yeah. by half an inch. And then they'd go back the next day and film him and crane him up so he was like yeah. a foot off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's outrageous. Anyone can do that. What's the point? What is the point of that? Can I just say as well, if that happened to my nipples, can you imagine what would happen to your ding-dong if you got that <laughs> pierced and damaged? No, but I'm not going to wear a, a ribbed <laughs> pants. I'm, what are you going to do worse? You're going to stab it. You're going to stab it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> so your your wife, she's had her nipples pierced. Yeah, Sarah, what happened? Why didn't you like it? Well, very painful. Very painful. Catches. Catches. Oh yeah. Can you imagine it catching on stuff? <laughs> this is like amazing. a door <laughs> this is or something. Sarah, why didn't you like having your nipples pierced? <laughs> it's very painful, and then it. Ca it's very painful. And then it catches. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it catches. You two are the best couple. Hey. Your nipples are never the same again when you take it out. Can you? Can she do that thing though? On your birthday, can she put a birthday candle in there? 
<laughs> I don't think the hole's still there. Is the hole still there? How do you no, not know that's your wife's nipple? <laughs> I don't look that close. Oh, That's for birthdays. <laughs> he has his eyes closed. <laughs> He's a gentleman, right, with the lights off and clothes on, please. <laughs> well, uh, Ollie, thank you so much for, uh, and Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your nipples with us. We really appreciate it. It's been a long time. Thank uh -huh. you. Bye-bye. There we go. There we go. We're taking phone calls on a top secret phone number tonight, and this, I suspect, could be one of the nicest shows that we do, because only nice people know the number. <laughs> And people who know how to Google and spell. <laughs> if you know the number, I tell you what we might do. Maybe for the last half an hour, we might just give out the phone number and, and just see if any randoms want to call in. But in the meantime, you've got to be a fan, a regular listener, a listener to our side projects. Or, you, as Catherine says, you have to be able to Google. It's out there. It's out there. Um, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. Lots to talk about in the show tonight. I want to talk about, uh, a vag museum, vagina museum, excuse me, excuse me. Thank you. Um, the That's Yeti. vagina to you. Sorry? Mm. The Yeti might be responsible for the death of some explorers. Um, yet again, we've got another story about the abominable snowman. Amy? Or woman. You like that? Uh, no. It doesn't matter. No, that's not the point of the joke. Yet again. Yeti? Again? Yeah. Hi, my name's Yet again. And I'm going to read your mind. Yet again. Mm hmm We have another story about Sasquatch. Oh, that's not the same thing. It kind of is, mate. And you're just being a dick. Sasquatch is more of a bushman, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, Rather I don't than a snowman. I don't know about their proclivities, but... <laughs> um, uh, and there's there's other stuff to talk about as well, you know. We'll we'll, we'll kind of st stagger through it. These shows, when um, technical things aren't working, which is pretty much every show these days, I think they're often the most fun. Let's just take a quick call before we go to the news. Hello, caller. You're on Talk Radio. Uh, just imagine if the cat caught your um, nipple or your winky. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, I imagine that every day, and that's partly why I want to do it. Um. My cat has chewed my nipple before. With some encouragement, if I remember right. Not then. in cut. Well, I, I, I didn't spurn he, he her. Put, he put some little um, mouse ears over it and <laughs> tricked her. <laughs> Unbelievable behaviour. This, but ignore that. This is talk radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
the top secret number. Dial it now, guys. Thank you, Catherine Boyle. This is the Late Night Alternative. Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle, uh, weeknights from 10. Listen on DAB, download the app. Someone's calling on the top secret phone number. Hello, caller, you're live on Talk Radio. Hi there, number 31 June calling in. Hello June, my love! Hi there. What, what can... I want to thank you, my love, for being so kind to my grandson last night. Oh, Dylan. We love Dylan. <laughs> oh, Dylan was so pleased. Well, he here's the thing, June. I, June, I am so relieved, I'm so relieved um, to discover that there is at least one sensible person in your family. So that is great. That's great <laughs> news for us. We were concerned. Right. No, no he's fine today. He's absolutely... Over the moon. Good. He's a good lad. We like but him. You spoke to him. Pleasure. Yeah, and can you pass a message for Catherine? Well, she's please? sat right. She's literally there. Oh, she can. She can hear. Oh, can hi, he... Kath. Hello. Oh, I can just hear her. She's well. Um, yeah. I did my homework about the film about Henry VIII, six wives. Oh yes. yes. The musical, and there isn't a film of this particular musical. No, it was. There the... are lots of films about the wives. I can't hear because the microphone's over here. You've got to, hang on, you've got to shout because the microphone's on the on the laptop. Yeah, but okay, for June's benefit, I have to shout. But for everyone else, it's going to get on the nerves. Well, then don't it? say anything. Then don't get mardy just I'm because not, she I'm can't not, hear you. There's a, the not, microphone's on my laptop. I'm actually not getting mardy. What I'm saying <laughs> is, June. Now. Later on that night, we worked out that I was thinking of completely the wrong film. Hang on a minute. Let me, let, let's work, let's work this out. Let's find right this computer up. here. Just shut up, June. Let's, if I put this here. Right. Is that any better? Can you hear Catherine now? Yes, that's better. Right, can there you, we go. Can, but, right, but can you hear me? Oh, shit. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you. Beautiful. Okay, we've got, we're balancing a computer on a monitor. That's how we roll here. Oh, well done. Thank you very much. Anything well else, June? Done. No, that's it. Tutty bye. Tutty bye. The phones aren't working. So we're, we're, we're doing the show on a top secret phone number. This is, this has to be, Catherine, the only phone-in show in the world that's ever done this. I can't think of anybody that would be stupid enough, mm -hmm. arrogant enough to do a phone-in show and not give out the phone number. See, here's the thing. We've been playing the long game Yo. for about, what, three years? Feels, feels like 20. Yeah. I had to uh, help. I got a sofa delivered, a sofa bed delivered today. And I had to help the, the t two minutes. So it was, I ordered it and it was planned to come today. And it's two men that deliver it. And they deliver it and they unpack it. But they don't take the packaging away, you've got to do it. But they, the two men deliver it, right? And then I got a phone call about an hour before they came saying, um, got a problem with the, uh, with the delivery. One of the delivery men has injured himself. He's hurt his foot quite badly. Is there anyone there that could help? And I said, is, it, is he, did he drop a sofa on his foot? And she went, Yes, yes, he has, he has. I said, all right, all right, I'll help. So then they came, right, and it's just this one guy, and he was absolutely knackered, like sweating, heavy breathing. And I said, oh, that's that's a shame. Um, how's it been going? He said, oh, geez, the last one I had to take it. Luckily, her husband was there. We had to go three flights of stairs up. <laughs> and then, right, the injury had happened a couple of hours before. He said, you're the last one. After this, I'm going to take him to the hospital. And I said... 
He's not been to the hospital yet. He's a, and I could see him in the, he was in the car, in the van, with his foot up on the dashboard, and I could see from quite a distance. It was massive. It was massive. They hadn't got, surely the, the first thing's first, you go, right, I'm gonna take you to the hospital, and then I'll do these deliver the deliveries on my own, if there's someone there that can help, great, and if there's not, that's what you do, or you call off that day's deliveries, if you, you know, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a decent excuse. Oh yeah, someone dropped a sofa on his foot and they cut, okay, it's a pain in the bum, but I get it. But he, the fact that he hadn't been to the hospital like two and a half, three hours after it happened? That, my friend, is a compo claim waiting to happen. Jeez, that was insania. Absolutely. Uh, but that, that's Britain. That's Britain for you. Hello, caller. You're on Talk Radio. Hi, it's Katie. All right, all right. Kat's going to talk to you while I try and get water out of these mugs that you can't get water out of. What's going on, Katie? Um, I heard that from my job interview from oh, yesterday. And? Um, I got the job. Yay! Yay! This is <laughs> You little tease, Katie, you little tease. <laughs> hey, that's wicked, I, man, well done. Thank you. I fully was not expecting to get it. Like, when they rang me, they were saying, um, like, oh, thank you so much for coming in for the interview. And I was thinking, oh, no, bad news. <laughs> and then, yeah, they were like, yeah, we want to offer you the job. I was literally dancing. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Oh, man, that's a relief, yeah. huh? Because they were going to tell, they were going to call you yesterday and they didn't. And it's, you got, I don't know about you, Katie, but when someone says, oh, I'll call you today and they don't, I immediately go to the worst case scenario. Yeah. And you start no, imagining, same. and you start imagining the person who's obviously got the job ahead of you going out and celebrating while you're still waiting for that phone call. <laughs> yeah, same. I, I, because he didn't ring me yesterday, I really thought I wasn't going to get it, but I'm so, I'm so excited because it's my first proper step into like my career. Do you know what I mean? I'm 21, so yeah. yeah it's just, it's when good. now here's the question: When do you start? I don't know. I'm waiting on um, emails for okay. like um, training dates. Because the best thing the about any new job, whether it's doing the radio or doing whatever it is you're doing, the best thing is when they say you've got the job. You start in a month. Because then, you, what you don't want is you got the job, can you start tomorrow or Monday? You think, oh, jeez. Oh, no. You say, say you're going to start in a month. You think, all right, well, money's a, money's a little bit tight, but in two months I'm going to get paid. In a month I'm going to be earning party time! <laughs> and that's, yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's the best thing ever. Mm. Oh, mate, I'm so I know, thrilled. I can't wait. I can't wait. This is brilliant news. This is brilliant news. Well, well done, Katie. And thank you for letting thank us you. know. I appreciate it. Thank you. Speak to you later on. Ta-ra. Go on. See ya. Bye. Did you say go on? Yeah. <laughs> go on. See ya. That was great. Oh, good for her. Good for her. Um, yeah, when she said, I heard back from the job and there was that long pause, I was preparing my, well, you've got a better thing around the corner mm, conversation, but we didn't need to do that. Brilliant. Good for her. What you got, Boyle? You got anything? Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you, you can call in. The phones here aren't working. This isn't a, a skit. This isn't a bit. The phones here are not working. And if they start working during the show, do you know what? I'm just, I'm not going to take them because I'm not inclined to. Um, but we have a top secret phone number that you can call us on. If you know the number, if you can work out the number, then give us a call and we're getting some really nice calls as a result of that. So I'm not giving it out. Might do it in an hour and a quarter or so just for the last part of the show. But at the moment, it's a top secret phone number. If you know it, call it. As soon as I see your number come up, if I'm not talking to anyone else, I will put you straight through. Catherine. A former gay conversion therapist. Oh, yes. Is now in a fight to stop the practice after announcing... 
He's gay. Dun, 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 dun. I did not see that one coming. John Smith <laughs> helped run Love in Action for 22 years. Love in Action. <laughs> it's one of the largest Christian gay conversion organisations in America. I love it. I, I love it because these these are uh, um, scumbags. Basically, these are scumbags and they create nothing but division, self-loathing and problems. Uh, but this is great. Go on. Now John, former director of the Tennessee group, has revealed he had to suppress his own gay feelings as part of his work. He described how members of the conversion group worked off the theory that gay people or members of the LGBTQ community were broken and needed to be fixed. Speaking to Nine News, he said, as Christian leaders, we believe we have the authority of the Bible. It's Dolly Parton, is it? He's from Tennessee. I'm doing my best. We did not admit... No, she talks smile like that. We did not admit or come to grips with how deeply harmful it is when you start working with someone's psyche. I had to suppress my gay feelings. John said he's now ashamed of the damage he caused hundreds of young people and is determined to expose the conversion therapy and long-term psychological damage it causes. He's currently in contact with hundreds of former victims of love in action. Remember when we were at Three Counties, local BBC radio station we worked at, and there was something like that happening, I think in Milton Keynes. They were having a big, we'll, we'll sort you out, <laughs> gays, but not like that. And um, we had, I think it was the guy that was running it, or certainly someone who did that, who did gay conversion therapy. And he, or he'd done it, he'd done it, he'd had yeah. it done to him. And he'd had it done to him because he was married, but he was having, uh, he was... He was having sex with men while he was married, and he was masturbating about men, and he was having lots of sexual fantasies about men. So he came, phoned up, and he was telling us how it had been great, and how it had worked for him, and he was really glad that he'd done it, and it made his life better, and improved his relationship with his wife, and uh, and all of that. I said, oh, so it worked then? He said, yeah, 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 it worked. So, right, okay. So, do you still fantasise about sex with men? Yeah, yeah, I do. Well, it's not worked that well then. If you're still thinking about having sex with men, then then it's you've not been converted no. from your gay or bisexual or whatever. You've not been converted from those no, thoughts. No, no, no. Because it, it, you can't. Yeah. So he, here's what I remember. The conversation went something like, "Yeah, I still think about it, but I know it's wrong now." Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just going to cause more tension and is unsustainable as a lifestyle. Also, his poor wife. Yeah, yeah. Fancy yeah. being with someone who you know is having to battle. Yeah. Um, John revealed that almost every single victim has suffered from some sort of depression or anxiety about their, in their lifetime while some were left with feelings of anger and resentment. He has also now married his partner, Larry McQueen. Here's the, um, thing. Here's the thing. Once we as a society accept and it is the norm that very few people are heterosexual and very few people are gay that there are nuances now those nuances might be very subtle uh, you might be 98% straight and 2% gay i don't even know what that means but they they might be very subtle or they might be i love dicks and i love fannies they might be you know they might be as broad as it, once we accept that that, that, that this bi- again this binary system is actually not 
you know, because it's so confusing. I mean, I've come out as being bi, and I'm like, I would say 65% straight, 70% straight, if you're going to quantify it. I've never had a, an emotional relationship with a man, and I don't want to. But, you know, I'm kind of, I lived with that shame and that guilt that these gay conversion therapies are supposed to, are designed to get rid of by, you know, suppressing these. You can't suppress your sexual desires. It's it, it's, it's impossible. They're there. They're, 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 they're completely part of you. But um, it is really common, really, really common for boys who are going through puberty to fantasise about having sex with other boys or with men. And girls. Is it? The same. I didn't know that. Yeah. There you go. I've learned something. Female crushes. Yes. I didn't know that. It is, absolutely. And, and is it because is, it's very confusing for, for, for boys to, you know, boy, a 15 year old boy masturbates and uh, he, he's fantasizing about his mate or a male teacher or something like that. And then afterwards, the, the guilt and the shame, oh my God, I must, I'm, I'm, I must be God, this is awful. There's a lot of, you know, it's a very confusing time. Is it? A similar confusion for young yeah, girls and women. absolutely, absolutely. Your hormones are all over the place. And it's not just about the person's gender, is it, really? Some people are just kicking out a charm on a frequency yeah. that you cannot quantify. And it doesn't matter what bits and bobs they've got below the waist. You might not even think about them like that. It's just yeah. they've got something that you can't stop thinking about. The crushes, they happen. Um, and some people find that it, it doesn't stop happening. You know, I, I think that it's, um, it is really dangerous to drill into a person sorry <laughs> to drill into a person that they are somehow weird or you know that, that anything is weird anything that's going on in your head is weird because telling someone that is not going to stop it happening and this is why and I'm I'm <clears throat> treading carefully this is why I believe our attitude towards paedophiles is wrong. Not saying, everybody calm down. Certainly not comparing paedophiles with gays. I'm not doing that. I'm also not saying paedophilia is acceptable. Not doing that. But it is, for, for many paedophiles, it is their sexual preference. It's their sexual preference. Of course it should be illegal. Of course it should be criminal. But just saying, don't do it, okay, they might, they might not do it for three months, a year. But you say to a straight guy, right, don't look at women sexually and don't masturbate about women. Don't have sex with women and don't look at straight porn. At some point, they're gonna, they're gonna crumble. Most people will probably crumble. And, and, and I don't know what point I'm trying to make. And already I'm thinking, I've probably got myself in trouble with, with doing this. But, um, yes, people that rape children and people that have, um, images of child rape, what some people call child pornography, of course they should be punished. Of course they should be, um, perhaps withheld from various parts of society. But, but, but just chucking them in prison, just giving them a suspended sentence, just saying you're not allowed within 500 yards of a school, that ain't going to work because you can't suppress that stuff. You can suppress it, but only for a certain amount of time. And then at some point, it's going to burst forth yeah. in some way or another. I see what you mean. Look, no one would choose that life. No one would choose that life. Mm. And I think that um, condemning them as evil doesn't tackle the the, the, the point, of, doesn't give us any hope of, of tackling a problem. I Ch get what you mean. Tell you it, telling someone 
stop thinking about that is not going to stop someone thinking about yeah. that. I'm not saying we should, hey, let's, let's, let's have a, let's have one day a month when they're allowed. I'm not saying any of that. Certainly, it's funny I have to stress this because some people will not hear this. Certainly not in any way, um, conflating paedophilia with homosexuality as, as some people do. Not in the slightest or not, or, or, or being, or any of that, right? I'm just saying, um, that maybe we need to look at it uh, and deal with it in a, a different way. I remember doing, maybe it was at WM, BBC WM, we had on uh, a therapist who worked... Uh, it was Ray Wire, wasn't it? I don't remember who it was. I, I think I might have spoken to a couple of them who worked at a treatment centre mm-hmm. that, that worked with paedophiles. And his job was to try and educate paedophiles, people who are sexually attracted to ch- adults who are sexually attracted to children, his job was to educate them and try and put in th- things that would stop them looking at images of child rape and having and raping children, right? That was his job. He wasn't in any way condoning what they did, au contraire. But people phone up going, that guy is disgusting, he's as bad as them. And he, No, 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 he's trying, he's trying a different way of stopping children being raped. I remember this, and it, I think it was Ray Wire Associates who were based in Milton Keynes, and there were a few times that that came onto, there, there was a facility in that area which was quite regularly the focus of kind of, um, generally one or two people protest, but whenever they tried to do something with that facility, there would be condemnation, people saying, that, you know, that, that it shouldn't happen. The majority of the people that were being treated there would go in there voluntarily. They um, were some. They were also working with people who were about to be released back into the community. Yeah. So here's the deal. The system is that these people could be wandering free and going completely under the radar, but they're going somewhere because they see that they need help. Yeah. And yet people were trying to take that away. Forcing it underground is not going to stop it. No. It's a weird one. I don't know. I saw a Louis Theroux documentary last year, and it was about the, you know the, people the who town talk, of yeah, 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 you know people. You can talk to people on local radio station phone-ins and they'll say, put them all on an island together. Well, they'd love it. Well, they wouldn't. They'd all be too old for each other. No, but they they would still. I think they they would still love it actually. Well. So, yeah, anyway, so they had this town where they were under strict curfews, yeah. obviously no children around, all these different things. That's one solution, I guess. I got a Louis, Th- I ordered a Louis through book. I think he's written an autobiography. Oh, has he? I think so. Well, I've got, I've got a book by Louis through that was delivered to me today that I paid for, so I'm guessing I'll read it. I've got a lot of books to read at the moment. Uh, we'll take a break, then we'll take calls on our top secret number. This is The Late Night Alternative, Catherine and Ian, weeknights from 10 on Talk Radio. Closing time conversation for tax inspectors, taxi drivers and taxidermists. Great big talk for the wee small hours. You've been trolling me big time, mate. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Uh, there is a phone number. I'm just not going to tell you what that phone number is because it's top secret. We have the phones here aren't working, as is often uh, the case, unfortunately, at this 25 million pound studio. Um, and this is the longest they've been out. I mean, here's the thing: we're the only show, really, that that is is a pure phone-in show. James takes a few calls. Mike takes a few calls. That's it. Yeah, everyone else is just then wanging off with their mates. Um, so it, it affects us a little bit more than perhaps some of the other shows. So we thought the best way to get around 
the phone's not working in the studio, is for me to hook up my computer, open Skype, and not tell you what the phone number is. And do you know what? I think it's working quite well. Are the phones working yet, Amy? They're not wor- Are they going to work tonight, do we think? They couldn't give me an estimate of when they would work, so I'm guessing no. <laughs> <laughs> they've, got, they've gone to bed. Good. Well, even if they do work during the show, we ain't touching them. We're going to just accept calls on this top secret number. We'll give it out for the last half an hour of the show so that randoms can call in if they so want, if anyone is still listening. Um, but until then, guys, until then, let me just put this over here because I want to read something on, on here. It's all a little bit... It's all a little bit, um, who's the fella that does the inventions where it's all, not Hoffnung, um, the fella that does the, um, you know, stuff where it's like a piano that's powered by water that, um, drives a bus, you know, it's, it's like a trombone coming out of a, the fella that does the drawings, you know. Oh. No one can phone in and tell us. Um. Hoffman does kind of things. Like he draws machines. Yeah. Yeah, he draws machines. Let's just, hang on. Hello, caller, you're on Talk Radio. Hello. Hi, it's Elaine here. Hey, Elaine there, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. I'm really enjoying the show. Thank you very much indeed, Elaine. What um, can we do for you? I'm just moving the computer back to balance on top of two monitors. What could possibly go wrong? What can we do for you tonight, Elaine? Um, a few weeks ago, you had some sort of a competition, and I think the answer was the soup dragon. Do you remember? I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, um, I don't remember. No, what you was... Had, you played some sort of sound, <laughs> and we had to guess a phone in and guess what it was, and I think it was the soup dragon from the Clangers. It wasn't. I remember this. Was it a cat oh. snoring, Catherine, yeah. put through an effect? Was oh, it? yeah, it, it was, was a, a cat snoring off Twitter, wasn't it? It was off Twitter, I'm <laughs> so... Well, I thought it sounded exactly like the Soup Dragon to oh, me. Oh, bless you, Elaine. And I, I, very rarely I remember stuff that we do in the show, but I do remember that. It was a time, and I could... There is not a chance in hell I could ever find that clip for you now. Someone listening may be able to find it, and at Ian Lee or at Flipping Kath. Um, but you are incorrect... The uh, competition from about six or seven weeks ago was yeah. a cat snoring, not a, a soup dragon. <laughs> Is it? It wasn't one of your cats then. No, it wasn't. It was one on. Um... A cat. Is that it? It's a different cat. Okay, I think. Is it? Let's have a look. It's a different cat. It's a different cat. Cats. Um... Cat snoring, like though, is, uh, is, the, is the best thing. My cats snore, but not... Get this, Elaine, right? My cats haven't been allowed out in the garden for the last three days because they've got a bit of an upset stomach and I just want to make sure they're, they're better before I let them out, right? Well, I, I don't know which one it is, is puking up. So I've, I've kept them in. So last night, they've gone nuts, right? And last night, normally I'm yeah. asleep by about ten to three. Last night, at half past three, I sat up in bed and went... Will you two stop buggering about? <laughs> and they were just playing tag all over the house, the two girls. And they were upstairs, they were downstairs, they were running across the bed. It was nuts. They would not shut up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so cats, cats is bad. Um, if anyone wants two cats, um, they can have these ones because they're getting right on my wick. Two, cat, two cats and countless sleepless nights. Ay, 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 the Ian Lee story, available at all good bookshops soon. Um, no, it wasn't my cats, but I will, I will record them snoring at some point, Elaine, as a gift to you. Okie doke. Thank you uh, very much. Anything else? 
Yeah, I was going to ask Kath, mm. when are your little ones going to do another one of those things, the... Um, Meditation the things. And the oh. That's a good idea. She um, keeps coming up with new ideas, so yeah, she record it. Yeah, oh God, uh, all the time. Record it, bring it in. I love she that says, stuff. She says, I want to do another yeah, good night that, weirdos. She was brilliant at that. <laughs> was it she good? This is, um, you yeah, missed yeah. this, this is Kath's little one, um, does these fantastic guided meditations that are a little bit... Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but the mind of a seven-year-old, she's, she's seven, she's not eight she's yet. She's eight, eight next soon. week. Eight soon. The mind of a seven-stroke-eight-year-old girl is a very, very dark yeah. place. And hers even darker. I'll get her to, to get her to do something. That'll, that'll be good. All right. That'll be good. Yeah, she was brilliant. Elaine, thank you very much for that. Um, oh, Elaine, according to this, is made out of Lego. Her picture's just appeared. Well, she of... sounded less crunchy than I would think. <laughs> made out of Lego. Uh, I just missed a call, so let's... The beauty of this is I can call somebody up and see if... Um, oh. See if they want to come on. Maybe they've changed their mind. Hello? Hello, you're on talk radio. They've gone. They've changed their mind. This is, um... This is very nice and chilled. Yeah. I'm very nice and chilled. I'm just surprised by this. Desmond says... Actually, Desmond, um, maybe, um, oh, Desmond is a, is a Trollington, so we can ignore that guy. We can ignore that. This is nice, this is a nice chilled vibe. Let's take a trailer for one of our colleagues, then maybe we'll take some more calls on the top secret number. Yeah. And? And then I'm gonna rock your world. Oh, I like my world being rocked. This is talk radio. Experience the unconventional. Evening, boss. The unpredictable. What's happening? And the completely unorthodox. Exactly. With rule free Ian Lee. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. I've got no internet for the last four days. On talk radio. Talk radio, the phones aren't working. If you know the top secret number, then give it a call. And as soon as I see you on the screen, I shall put you through. Catherine, you're yeah. the rock my world. Can um, I just stand up? I've sort of just, my, my pants are a bit tight around the old. Don't look, Amy. You're free. too young for this. I'm not looking either. Uh, you've been putting your deodorant on wrong. Um, okay, go on. I like these. I like learning that my life is a sham. Get up, have a shower. Yeah. Get dressed, sort your hair and, and or makeup out. Okay. And then head out for the day. Right. This is according to the Mirror Online. It's what most of us do pretty much every morning without thinking. Easy peasy, right? Okay. But according to a skincare expert, we've actually These been guys. doing a key part of our morning routine wrong, and we should actually be putting our deodorant on before we go to bed. Um, that before sounds like you poo-poo this, nope. Dr. Pimple Popper is the source of this. Oh, well, she's a she very knows. knowledgeable lady. Okay, let's hear more. What's her name, Dr. Lee? Sandra Lee. Sandra Dermatologist... Lee. Sandra Lee claims this is the most effective way to use the product if you don't want to smell, and she has science I don't, I don't to back want this to, up. I don't want to smell. I want to smell nice. I want. Have you ever tried those rocks? Uh, no, but I've tried. You get like a crystal, some a crystal, like it's like a hippie deodorant. That's not. It's like a crystal or a rock, and you rub it on, and it stops you smelling. Does it though? I don't know. I bought um, a hippie deodorant oh. once, and it didn't. I don't think I smelt, but I didn't half sweat. I had disco rings all day. Okay. Well, because, yeah, because antiperspirant yeah. is, the, the, is it, but that's, but that's unsightly. spraying, like, metal into your arm. Mm. That can't be a good. I've got a new one now, and it's not got any aluminium in it. It's just uh, minerals, Steel. it says. Steel. 
But I guess you're putting anything on there that wasn't your body wasn't designed to have on there is going to mess about with your... No, it's not good. ...your balance. Anyway, good. um... I don't fall over. Sandra, who is better known as Dr Pimple Popper after my, starting... My hero. She's brilliant. Legend. Absolute player. After starting her own TV show about spots, rashes and cysts, shared the unusual hack during a video about her nighttime routine. Ooh, taking I'd a like break from cleansing and moisturising her face, she stops to use a roll-on deodorant. Speaking in Harper's Bizarre Video, she says, This is a little secret that I have. Oh. Deodorant is best applied at night. It's most effective at night because you're putting it on when your sweat glands are the more dormant, so you're going to make it more effective. Okay. Who knew? During the tutorial, Sandra also shares her biggest regret of how she treated her skin when she was younger, saying she wished she hadn't rubbed her eyes so much. What? Yeah. I love rubbing my eyes. Well, uh, the other it's thing the is... the best thing you can do with your body. With women taking your makeup off. On yeah. th that skin under your eyes is so fragile. You okay. Can, it causes damage to the area. Deal, which deal with it. Changes the skin over the time and causes lines and wrinkles. Instead, she dabs her face and her eyes at every step of her cleansing process. And when it comes to washing her face, Sandra has an important tip which can make a huge difference to your skin. Use water. She said, the thing that's really important about washing your face that I know from a dermatologist's perspective is that when you're washing your face, you're actually getting rid of moisture. So you really want to um, not go really hot or really cold. I disagree with that. I have the, I think I have the cleanest hands in talk radio, in this building. Do you know why? Think about this a lot. If you were to do the ultraviolet scan over hands and it shows dirt, I think mine would have next to none. Because when I wash my hands after going to the toilet, which I do now quite often. Oh, this is new. Uh, it is new. Um, certainly do it here because I like the sinks. I like the facilities here. Don't do it. Don't do it in restaurants and stuff. But here I wash my hands oh, after God. going to the bathroom. No, why would you do it when you're going to eat something? Well, because, okay, here's the reason you don't need to wash your hands after going for a pee if you're a gentleman. One, I'm not peeing all over my hands. Two, my penis is clean. Is it though? Is it not yes. a bit sweaty? No. My, all day? No, my penis is clean. It still sit next to your balls. I've got a clean peen. Those get sweaty, don't they? I've got a clean peen. You've got a sween. Thank you. I'm not urinating on my hands and then rubbing it all up. I've got a clean peen. It's so, like, me, it's like no. me just touching, it's like me just touching my ear. Oh, I've got to go and wash my hands now because I've touched my ear. That's so ridiculous. What a ridiculous hey, thing to say. Have your ears been squashed together against your balls all day? Do you, no. you want to, sometimes? Do you want to save this planet? So conserve water. Um, but here, I um, do the I do the proper wash. Uh -huh. I get the soap all over up up past the wrist, through the fingers, through the fingers, through the fingers. I do it all around, all around, all around, all around. Tops of your hands I too. Do, I do all of it. Don't tell, don't tell me how to clean my hands. I know how to clean my goddamn hands. Hairy piece you of trash. To, you need to calm down. Um, so I've got, got the cleanest hands in the building. I'm just hope, I'm really hoping that one day I come in and so a security man says, yeah, we're doing a spot check on uh, hand hygiene. I go, ah, aha, the moment we've all been waiting for. And I've not been out to eat, so clean. That's what I'm hoping for. You don't get recognition for stuff like that. You, 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 this is the important stuff. Oh, so Limmy's the 42nd best comedian in, in, in the world. Who gives us stuff about that? That's nonsense. What's important is Ian Lee's hand hygiene. That's the important stuff, Catherine. Carry on with your story. I don't rub my face either. I just rinse off. This is Dr. Lee talking yes. about, Catherine. When your skin is still moist, that's the prime time to moisturise because if your skin is wet, the moisture evapor evaporates. Evaporates. The air pulls the moisture out of your skin as you get drier. That's why you get that tight feeling after you wash your face. 
She knows. She knows. She knows. Uh, there is a telephone number. We're not telling you what it is. If you know it, you're very welcome to give it a call. And if you don't, unlucky, mate. This is the Late Night Alternative, Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Unmissable Late Night Radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Uh, the phones aren't working, so we're using Skype, top secret number. We've missed a few calls. Should we try and call some of these people back and see if they fancy coming on or see whether they've changed their minds or not? Let's have a... Let's have a little look. They may, this is a while ago they called, so let's see. Let's see. Mm. Skype used to have... Um, hello? Hello, you're on talk radio. Did you call us? It's Ian Lee. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Hello, it's Ian Lee. Who's this? Yeah. I think you called us a little while ago. Yeah. That's all right. Do you not want to talk to us now? Okay. All right, then. Well, thanks for your time. Yeah. Bye-bye. Favourite call of the year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoyed that. Did we do Sleeper. this one? Did we do this one? Let's try this one. Let's try this one. These, these were all a little while ago, so maybe they've um, they've got a little bit bored. Um, I'm liking this chilled vibe, though. Hello. Oh, hello. Hello. This is Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Did you call us? I did call you, but then I called you again on the landline, Dolly. Oh, get get lost, you pervert! Oh. <laughs> um, I don't know how that came up. All right, let's try. Um, let's try this one. It's a bit harsh calling him a pervert, actually, but. Tickets to go and see the Who next year. Very, this is the vote of vote. Very, they're not coming. Very, very excited. Never thought I'd see the Who again. Did they play that concert? Uh, um, I think that's all the ones. That, the others are in the last hour. I don't know about the five. If you know the secret number, give us a call and I'll put you through. Did they play that concert at Wembley Stadium the other, last in the summer? I, I, I can't believe they would have sold out Wembley Stadium. We're seeing them in tiny old Wembley Arena, which used to, when I was a kid, used to be huge. But now I've been to the O2, it looks tiny. We've got rubbish seats, I'm afraid, but... do not matter. Uh, hello, caller, you're on talk radio. Oh, it, it took me ages to find this number, but I got there in the end. Well done, you see. You d you've worked for it, and you feel grateful for it. I know. How are you two? You okay? Um, mm. Yeah, really good, actually. I've had a little bit of a dicky tummy today, and sort of been wobbling a little bit up and down, up and down, but generally... Uh, generally all, all right. I've got my, bo I'm seeing my boys tomorrow and then I've got them Saturday and Sunday and I've got some nice things planned for Saturday and Sunday we're going to take it easy. So actually I'm in a really good place. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? I'm 
brilliant I rang up last year and I was uh, told you I was transgender and I came out to my kids and Oh and your kids like were, were ridiculously um uh, um supportive about it, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um I thought I'd ring up because today has been another brilliant day in my life. Go on, what's happened? Uh I joined a women's group today and I was welcomed wow. and I loved every minute of it wow. and I did Tai Chi with them this afternoon. This is fascinating. Uh, I've forgotten I your name. I've forgotten your name, caller. My name, well, my female name's Pippa. Pippa. So your name's Pippa. Pippa. Yeah. So your name's Pippa. So you joined a women's Tai Chi group, which is great. Well, it was a social, it was a social group. It was a women's health group. Uh, they're yeah. like a self-help group. And I was really nervous about doing it. Yeah, I bet. And it was the scariest thing I ever did. I wow. went and saw them last week and I thought, well, today I'm going to join the social group. Yeah. And I did that, and then I ended up going to Tai Chi this afternoon, hey. and I've never done that in my life. <laughs> tai Chi is like slow kung fu, isn't it? That's the it's. Uh, yeah. You can apparently use that in self defence as well if you just speed it up a bit. You, no, you can. You can. Um, You'd have to speed up. Yeah. You have to speed it up. Is it? Here's the thing, right now. I know that um, one billion Chinese do it every morning, but is Tai Chi actually any good? Well, I don't know. I got it all wrong this afternoon. There you go, you see. Muffed it up. I wonder whether it's just the um, the meditative nature of it, remembering the movements. It's like sort of um, ballet exercises, isn't it? Yeah, it was very It was very meditative, if that's the right way of saying yeah. it. Mind and body. But I loved it. Mind and yeah. body combined. And were there... That's a big step, joining a women's group. Were there any kind of raised eyebrows that you noticed? Any kind of tuts or anything? Or was no. everyone like, yeah, this is wicked. Come and join us, Pips. Let's have it. Yeah. There was nothing at all. What and I was told by the people that ran the place, if there was, then I'd have to tell them because it's an all-inclusive yeah. place. It doesn't matter what type of female you are. Yeah. If you are, you are. What a world we live in. Well done. That's brilliant news. That says to me that you know, having characters in mainstream things is is making a difference. You know, on TV and stuff like that. Yep. That that now you've got people who are not necessarily young and hanging out in sort of gay bars and things like that who are who are not f phased or certainly are not going to show that they're phased with someone when they're faced with someone who's different. Mm. Yeah. I put that really clumsily, well, but you know what I mean. I think that it, yeah, it, totally. I was I went to Liverpool the other day shopping and I just thought I wanted to do it. I was out dressed and I went into one shop and a girl started talking to me about a, a coach she was trying on and it was sort of like the na most natural thing to do and then I was in another store and I was walking around the perfume store and the lady that worked there said how much she loved me here and then I told her it was a wig and she said oh my god you are beautiful I'd never have guessed wow it's like that wow. must have been an amazing feeling it must have been a sense of acceptance yeah, it was. It really was. It's like my life has totally changed. How, I, I don't know it. if this is an improper question, and if it is, you can tell me to get lost. How, because I think when we spoke last year, you, you hadn't been out that much dressed, but you were doing it more and more, and certainly the support of your daughter, I think, you found very yeah, encouraging yeah. to go out more. What percentage of your time would you say you are dressed uh, in, in your true clothing, in women's clothing, compared to men's clothing? 
Right. Well, it's hard. Well, now I've, I've actually got a girlfriend. Right. And whenever I'm with her, I'm 100% female okay. all the time. Yeah, great. Uh, but we live apart from each other at the moment due to work. But the problem is with work, I've got to be male. Right. Why? Unfortunately. Uh, I'm an entertainer on a holiday park. Oh. Kids entertainer. Okay. So, yeah. I'll ask, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Well, then here we go. Let me ask the question again. Why? 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 Because I would have thought the entertainment industry is mm-hmm. normally way ahead of the curve on, on things like trans issues. Well, I first of all, I don't want to rock the boat and I don't want to lose my job. No, of course not. I get that. That's one thing. Uh, but as an entertainer, I've been a male entertainer for over 20 years. Yeah. And I think even if I, even at work, my male persona is becoming more of a costume now. Mm. Right, yeah. If you know what I mean. Of course it is, because that's not you. Pippa, no, Pippa is you, and this bloke yeah. that you, you dress up as to do yeah. your job is, is a character that you're playing. And he's good at it. Yeah, bet. He's <laughs> done it for a long time, of course. Yeah, so I don't really want to rock the boat and become a female entertainer because I don't know if I'd be any good at it. Mm-hmm. Well, there is, there is that aspect of it. it. How much would the act have to, have to change? I think it'd have to change a lot. Right, right. And I don't think I'd have the right sort of kick with it, if you know what I mean. There's nowhere you can go away from work that you can go and try out an act as a woman. I, not at the moment, because I'm at this place virtually full-time. Right. So, yeah, I've got to stay as I am. Yeah, okay, okay. At the moment, which is fine. It, it doesn't bother me. Mm. Everyone has to work. It doesn't matter what you wear to work. It's a uniform, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and you know yourself. You know what you're comfortable with and where you feel like you're yeah. at at the moment. Yeah. I'm really... It, it was I'm... funny when I went to... Li- go on. Go on. No, you go on. It was funny when I went, yeah, it was funny when I went to Liverpool the other day. I mean, it was like going to Liverpool all female. It was great. Loved it. And then I had to pick my lad up. He met me after school and it was like, what do you want to do? And he wanted to go and play snooker in the snooker hall. I went, right, okay. I'm getting changed because this is a bit of a rough snooker hall. And I thought, nah, I think the male part of me needs to come out and play snooker. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Which is fine. It doesn't bother me. But it's like getting changed in the car. Quick change, wig off, makeup off, and there I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sorry that you ha- you feel you have to do that. And um, I am sure that at some point in the not-too-distant future, you might possibly feel that you don't have to do that and that you get to be yeah. you. I get why you're doing it. I'm not, it's not in any way a criticism. Um, but I, I wonder if at some point you will feel you don't need to do that. Well, I've, I've vowed that I'm not going to do anything full-time until he leaves school. Right, okay. okay. Because you know what kids are like. Yeah, yeah, of course. And if it gets around, oh, your dad does that and does this. But he's in his GCSE year now, so I don't want to rock his boat. Um, as you know, kids come first. Mm. I had a few people, uh, Pippa, when I came out as bi, it's, it's a few people said, kids, 
you didn't think about your kids, they're going to get bullied at school. And I'm, I'm, I said, yeah, you know that they've got, um, like a couple of mates in the year below them that have got two dads and stuff, right? On the list of getting bullied for having a queer dad, they're going to be quite far down the list. And also, my boys are seven and nine. I yeah. don't think for that age, I don't think that's, a, that's such an issue as it was when I was nine no, years old. No, I don't old. think it is. Do you know what? I'm so proud of you, of what you, when you came out the other week, I wanted to ring up. Thank you. And I thought, no, no, I'll leave it for now until I've got something to say. But I was so proud of you when you came out. Thank you, Pepper. I thought that was bloody great. Well done. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was a little bit selfish because it was killing me. It was killing me. And I thought, and I told a couple of friends and I told my partner and I told my ex and I told Catherine and I told a couple of close friends. And then I thought, yeah, it doesn't quite feel real unless I say it publicly and then it's out there and then it's done. It feels yeah. like I'm still living a little bit of a secretive life with a little bit of shame. So that's why I did it. It wasn't, you know, to, you know, I was, I was, get this man. They offered me, um, I was offered a thousand pounds to go on Loose Women or the Victoria Derbyshire show to talk about it. And I said to my agent, what, what, I mean, a thousand pounds is like, that's not to be sniffed at. And I did consider it when they offered that amount of money. I did think, well, maybe. I, I said, what, why, why would, why would I want to? What, what, what's, what's the issue? Well, they want to know how many dicks mm. I've played with. What, what is the issue? I've, I've told the people that need to know and I've, I've said it on the radio show. That's it. It's done. You don't need to do anything else. No. As long as you're happy and. That's the main thing. As long as you and your kids are happy, it doesn't matter mm. what anyone else thinks. It's a funny one. I've not had the conversation with the kids yet because they, they, I, I don't think they need to well, know. Well, you're the, the young, aren't they? Yeah, but if if they come back and ask something about it, I'm ready to totally have a, an age-appropriate conversation yeah. with them. I'm not going to keep it a secret from them, you know. Yeah, totally. I mean, mine are a lot older, so... yeah. Exactly. My lad has a laugh with it. He, he thinks it's funny. Good. And stuff like well, that. Well, it is funny. All of it is funny. What it we is. wear is, is funny. Where we put our willies is funny. What we, every, everything that, about our bodies and about, it's funny. And that's the way it it's should even be. Funnier when, it's even funnier when you get to talking to your daughter on how to tuck it away and hide it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> Pippa, so nice to talk to you. I'm glad yeah. that everything's moving well for you and we'll speak soon. Good night, see you soon. Take care, Bye. thank you. I'm enjoying this tonight. Jamie says, I'm, I'm starting to hope they never fix the phones. A lovely show tonight. I agree with Jamie. Um, phones are down, top secret phone number. Uh, we may give it to you in half an hour or so. This is The Late Night Alternative, Ian and Kath on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. my ass. He likes the clothes I wear. He says he likes a man. 
won't leave, that'll take me as I Song. That's the Who. Lane, who knows his music, going, that's a great bass line, who is it? It's the Who. The best album the Who ever did, right, is, and I love it, and that's where that comes from, uh, that's where Blue, Red and Grey comes from, which is a great song. Slip Kid, Squeeze Box, which is silly, but it's fun. Dreaming from the Waste, the Who by Numbers. It's just this really low-key... A, a, a album that I don't think did that well. It's certainly not regard, you know, it's not regarded as a Tommy or a Quadrophenia or a Who's Next. But for me, man, it's got all of the subtlety that those other, well, Tommy's got quite a lot of subtlety actually. I don't think Who's Next and Quadrophenia necessarily have. But it's just got so much subtlety and it's basically Pete Townsend having a breakdown. And so many of his songs uh, are about 
confusion around his sexuality. And no one picked up. He does a great song from one of his solo albums in the 80s called Rough Boys. I mean, it could have been. And the video is him um, miming in a snooker hall while these, like, hot young leather boys are sort of dancing around it. It's the funniest thing. And no one ever, no one ever picked up and went, Hey, I think that Pete Townsend might be questioning his sexuality. No one ever mentioned it. No one ever mentioned it. And there's loads of songs where he's going, I quite like hanging out with, with attractive young men. And I, I think maybe they turn me on a little bit, but I'm a little bit too shy to do anything about it. It's incredible. Anyway, Catherine and I are going to fall down a who rabbit hole. I'm going to make you some who compilations. Because we're going to go and see The Who in April. I'm thrilled. Never thought I'd get to see them again. It's going to be some show. Last time I saw them, I, I was the guy that introduced them on stage. And they did Quadrophenia, which I'm not I'm not such a massive fan of Quadrophenia. But I'm going to do you some compilations. I'm going to do the hits. I'm going to do you some deep cuts. I'm going to do you some surprises. Pretty sweet. So it's a triple CD package you're getting. Oh, it's kind of... My dad always played The Who when I was a kid. Yeah. But I never got into it. Yeah. So... I think it may ring bells. The Who are funny because they look like a, a, a balls to the wall. In, you know, in the 60s, they look just like the thugs, which they were. The 70s, they look like Led Zeppelin. You know, the, if you just look at them, with Daughtry with that big hair and Moon smashing away and Townsend with the jumpsuits, they, they look like an, 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 an whistle just stood in the corner wearing these sparkly suits. They look like kind of like a, a huge rock band. They've just got so much more depth and subtlety, and they've got so many missteps. I really love bands, right? So I love the Kinks and the Beach Boys, actually. I love bands that make loads of mistakes and keep coming back. And some bands find their way back, um, and some of them don't, you know. And I, I, I love bands that make huge missteps where people go, what the hell was that? And the Who have done it loads. Well, like when the Kinks became kind of American rockers. Where the Kinks went over, when the Kinks did loads of concept albums that were, let's be honest, lousy. Soap opera, anyone. Um, and then they went over and became like an American hard rock band. And it's, it's just so many missteps. But, um, but anyway, the Who, love can't wait. Don't, please don't say, well, what about Pete Townsend being a pedo? He's not. Well, when's he going to write that book? It was about eight years ago and it's a really good book and I thoroughly recommend you read it. In fact, uh, once I've read my Linda Ronstadt, my Louis Theroux and a couple of other books, I'm getting out the Pete Townsend book again. I don't I was thinking, I can't remember if I um, read the Roger Daltrey book or not. I know I started it, but then I think I got distracted by Life. By life. Oh, life. Oh, life. Oh, life. Do, 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 life. I'm I'm, I'm singing because I've just made a terrible mistake. I've opened up Roblox Studio and I meant to open up Skype. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to update. I don't want to update Roblox Studio. Trying to close stuff down. Let me do a force quit. Let's force quit. Do you want to explain what's happening, Catherine, while I'm doing this? What's happening is our phone lines aren't working. So we're using a secret line (laughs) that only (laughs) hardcore fans will know. Um, I don't remember the phone number. You don't even know the number. Amy doesn't know it. I know it. And uh, some other people know it. Google it. You can find it on Google. It's out there. I, if you know the right things to add. Skype was closed. Skype is now open. If you know the number or the sentence you have to type in, you can call up and you'll come on the air and uh, we'll chat to you. It's working beautifully, actually. It's like a little filter. So any people who can use their initiative mm. or have been paying attention well, it's like to get Pippa, Pippa didn't know the number but did some work and she found it. And it was yeah. a great call. And she felt like she cracked the Rubik's Cube. Yeah. 
Yeah. You can do a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, How long does it take you? Uh, I did two the other night. At the same time? Uh, one after the other. Okay. Um, so it's taking me less time, but I still can't remember all the moves. I have to use my sheet. Okay. okay. With the um, different... They oh, don't so call them moves, do they? They call them you're, algorithms. The, you're, so you're using a cheat sheet? Algorithms. That's how everyone does it. Hello, caller. You're uh, on talk radio. Oh, hello, uh, Ian. I, I figured out the secret number. Well done. What's your name, please? Uh, it's it's Liam from Brighton. I spoke to you a few times before, but I haven't spoke to you for a couple Liam of weeks. Liam from Brighton. He's in a band. He's in a band. Of course, he's in his very good his, band as well. And he likes to put his hands uh, in his My pockets. band broke up, actually. Oh! What the hell? Yeah. Musical I'll differences. Have to start a new one, I suppose. Your band was good, though. Yeah, I know. That's what I was saying to the guitarist who I write the songs with. I said, we're really good. I said, I said Ian Lee liked us. And, he and he went, that's that. it. The guy's a jerk. Anyway, he so, wasn't having any of it. Why, so why uh, did he want to start another band? Is he getting a, is he getting a, a job? Is he becoming a suit? Is he a square? What's happening? He just does, well, he doesn't have time to do it. Right. Uh, I guess we, uh, I live in Brighton. He lives, uh, like in Oxfordshire and Ooh. anyway. That's a that's, trek. That's not important. I don't want to dwell on that. Okay. Well, um, good luck. Good luck for your I'm next just, project. Keep going. You've I'm, got talent. Please, I, I got through with your secret number. It took me blimmin' ages to do that. Yeah. I like this. Um, I reckon, here's what I think we might do. Once a month, we set up a new number. And we just, we just put it somewhere that people can find it if they use a little bit of nouse. But it's a different number each time. There might be something in that. There might be something Ooh, in that. Oh, like a, <laughs> maybe like a sort of Twitter treasure. Yeah, hunt. yeah, yeah. Uh, we hide a, a number somewhere. A different listener has it every time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we do something, um, <laughs> maybe we do something like that. Anyway, Liam, you got through. Well done. You've passed the first test. Uh, you passed the only test, I should say. What can we do for you tonight? <laughs> Um, well, um, I, actually, I was wondering, um, because uh, a few times I spoke to you before we were talking about music. Yes. Um, were you a fan of Daniel Johnston at all? Uh, we talked about that in the week. No. I love, I love, I love the film The Devil and Daniel Johnston. I think it's a great yeah. documentary. It's so wonderful. And I haven't seen it for years, and I need to get it and watch it again, because it's so powerful. It's fascinating, you know, story of, I, I love stories of artists on the fringe. I love the interaction mm. with his parents. But the music never really connected with me as much as it did with a lot of other people. And we played one of his songs last week that someone recommended, and I, I, I dug it, but it, it didn't it didn't really hit me right between the eyes, I have to be completely honest. Yeah, fair play. It's, it's like, it's pretty lo-fi stuff, but you're right about the documentary, though. It's such a well-made documentary. It's some film, man. It really is. It, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's just a great movie, whether you, you buy into his legend or not. And, and it's, it's so well told. And I need to, I need to get it and maybe watch it next week. But, um, uh, yeah, I like, he, he reminds me of kind of, um, Frank Sidebottom, and he reminds me of uh, Captain yeah, Beefheart, totally. and you know people on the fringe doing their own thing. And and while I admire Beefheart and I admire Johnson, they don't they don't resonate with me. Um, but I'm glad oh, that they yeah, existed. Beefheart, that that album Troutmask smiled and twisted. I don't understand why people say it's so good. Like I, I've listened to it several times over, and. Oh, um, man. 
I don't understand why. I had a friend at college like who would just invite us around to his house, would get us very high, and then put on trout mask replica, and you would you would endure um, Beefheart's madness just so you could get some free weed because it was not. It, it was not a pleasant listening experience, as far as I'm concerned. But again, I'm really glad it exists, because it's insane. And the fact that w you and I, you know, there's years between us, we're on a national radio station owned by Rupert Murdoch, and we're talking about this really obscure, well, not that obscure, we're talking about this cult, avant-garde, um, uh, indulgent album that is nuts. And that's great. Yeah. That's a good thing that, we're, that, that, that this conversation is happening. It's brilliant. Rupert Murdoch spoils, spoiling it a bit, though. <laughs> Rupert Murdoch is spoiling Captain Beefheart and <laughs> Trout Mask Replica. Smiled and twisted. That's the only bit I can quote. Smiled and twisted. <laughs> it's a good bit. <laughs> I might play Smiled and Twisted. <laughs> Let's play that. Um, <laughs> Liam, listen, thank you very much for your call. Well done for finding our secret number. Keep it on yeah, your God files. Bless you. Thank you, mate, and good luck for getting a new band. You should get a new Ooh. band because you're, 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 you're a talent. Um, smiled and twisted. He invented a new music. Basically, if you watch the movie Frank, looks like Frank Sidebottom. It isn't. It's Captain Beefheart plus Daniel Johnston is is Frank. That's what that is. And they, I think, for Trout Mask replica, replica Captain Beefheart. Hang on. Um, he moved the band into a desert. They weren't allowed to listen to um, any other music, and he invented his own musical notation that they had to play. Here we go. This is. Uh, genius of that is, that sounds like random nonsense, but they could play that note for note every single, that is an actual constructed, crafted song that they would play note for note each time. Hello caller, you're on talk radio. Hello Ian Lee, it's Jesse. Hello Jesse, it's Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle. Hiya. Hiya. Uh, you really cheer me up, Oi. I'm having a really hard time. What's going on Jesse, why is it so tough? Well, you know I've been through domestic violence. Yes. Uh, a long time. Yeah. Well, isn't like everything's gone wrong like the last few days? Uh-oh, what's happened? My neighbour upstairs caused a flood. It's ruined my TV and everything. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So I've got terrible. to fork out for a new telly. Well, hang on. Surely they've got to fork out for a new telly, haven't they? Uh they're on benefit. Oh, so okay. Uh, I'm guessing you've got no insurance either, so yeah, okay. No. Okay, okay. But it's really, but when you're distressed, yeah. isn't dealing with stuff hard? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Like, I had to phone Sky and they're not helpful and they were rude. Oh. And because I'm not feeling good, I was really upset, yeah, you Yeah, you, you take it harder, yeah. don't you, when, when, when those phone calls Definitely. don't go the way you want them to. Of course. Well, but here, uh, things like that can be sorted out. It's annoying, it's upsetting, and it's, it can be a hard slog. But they can be sorted out. 
Yeah, I know I did sort out. Just I got to wait another two weeks of that telly. No, what, are you going to miss all the homes under the hammer? That yeah, I don't even not even bothered about telly. It's a oh. principle, you know, because yes. I'm quite housebound. I'm, yeah, I don't get out hardly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wheelchair bound, as you know. So I know I've got the radio, but it's nice having a bit of background. Yeah, you know, of course. Nice. Um, it's fr- um, it's frustrating. So you got wait a couple of weeks. What have you got? Do you read? Are you a reader? No, I don't read. Okay. Do you want Kath to come round and read to you? <laughs> I've got my kitten. Then, then there you go. Then you got all the you got a bit of string. You got a kitten. That's like having an old-fashioned oh. PlayStation. Also, yes. It's- it's only a few weeks away from Chloe's anniversary. Okay. Chloe that got killed, so yep. it's not easy. No, of course. That's going to be... adds to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it does. So this time of year, you're saying, yeah. is particularly tough anyway. And so to have yeah. problems on top of that just makes exactly. it worse. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Well... I know. You've got through it before. You will get through it yeah. again. And uh, would I be right in thinking that, that every year it gets a tiny bit easier? No, because of how she died, yeah. it actually gets harder. It gets harder. Oh, God. Seriously. Yeah. Because, like, grief normally gets easier. Yeah. But when you lose your baby by murder, it never gets easier. No. Of course not. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I sounded big, flippant in, in uh, me no, saying no, no. that. I, I don't mean to. It's awareness because people learn from speaking yeah. to people. Yeah, they do. You're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. How's um, What's the kitten called? Actually, in memory of Chloe, well, Angel. There we go. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's yeah. a lovely name. And is Angel pain in the bum like my little girls are i mean i love them to death i was joking about i'm never going to yeah. get rid of them i love them but my god yeah. last night they were getting on my nerves yeah sometimes he's hyper at night as well yeah it's, it's, but it's quite good it does try and come like sleep yeah they're, they're better. Cats it's are the best. Me that can't sleep. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Last night, anyway, I couldn't, at four o'clock, I was still awake. I'm thinking, come on, man. Um, but cats, I think, are the best company, more so than dogs. More so than dogs, because yeah. cats come and sit with you when they really want to come and sit with you, you know. And they'll surprise you by you, you'll just turn around. Oh, there's a cat sat next to me, you know, with dogs slobbering and all over you all of the time. I just finished with something that'll make you smile. Go on then. I've got something for my kitten. I bet you haven't got for your cats. And he loves it. Little something. Tykes car. Go on then, I don't know, what is it? It's a little Tykes car. A little Tykes car? You know, for toddlers. Yeah. You've got a little... carers push him around in it. He <laughs> loves it. <laughs> I've got one of them. Do you want it for the cats? That's the thing that makes me smile in a You're day. You're pushing it. Is it one of those little cars that's got like a big handle on the back of it? Yeah. So that parents can push yeah. it without bending over. Yeah, it's you, red and yellow. Absolute yeah, yeah. fruitcake. I, I love exactly it. What you mean. The nonsense that we do for our animals, huh? I knew that would make you smile. It made me smile a lot. You're bonkers and I love it. Hey, listen, it's nice to talk to you. Thank you very much for working out the secret number. 
Did we do the quarter past break? I apologise, we're going to do it now. This is Talk Radio. Stimulating nightly emissions guaranteed to open your eyes and your mind. Oh, my word. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Um, tonight's show should have been a car crash. It's actually... Uh, thank you, Emily Jane, for your kind words. It's actually been all right. <laughs> I've been looking on Twitter it's and been lovely. Uh, the Talk Sport Boys, I think they're doing a best of, they're playing the best calls, <laughs> the five best calls I've ever had. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> their phones are out as well. Yeah. So, so I'm why thinking, are they doing that? So that, surely that'd be about football games that are, are, are finished. From the olden days. Yeah. Um, well, good, good to them. We get round it the way we get round it. If, hang on, here's, here's the thing I always think though, right? If you're a phone-in host... You should be able to fill three hours without any phones and with a newspaper. That should be it. And if there's two, and that's on your own, right? And if there's two of you, well, then you, you shouldn't be a problem at all. No. If you can't, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh, but if you're a phone-in host and you can't do three hours with a newspaper and your wits, you shouldn't really be in the gig. Because these phones could go down, I know they seem to be going down a lot here, but... They, they they go down everywhere at some point, and quite often it's just you and a producer. And if you can't, if you've got a reach for a for a best, okay, maybe you want to sneak in an old interview or something like that. But, but if you you should be able to sit there with the papers and go right, okay, um, I know what we're talking about. There's this thing here about and, and boom, three hours. Those things are the making of a presenter the or the breaking, right? Yeah. When I had, I used to have my own show at Three Counties. And I had various different shows, and one of them was a kind of uh, outside broadcast-based show. We'd go and do one outside broadcast a week, right? Yeah. And one week I was told I had to go to Watford Football Club um, and sit there and give a real flavour of the club. I said, I don't know anything about football and I'm not interested. All right, yeah, but you're good at finding mm. characters. Yeah. All right, you help me out finding, you know, and the club are up for it and they've got... They can list 15 people off the top of their head that, that can tell you a good story. Uh-huh. Boom, fine, wonderful. You know, like the other the other time when we did a sports show and we kind of oh, tried yeah. to prove that it's not really about ago. it's not really about the loose um, to- uh, theme. It's about finding good talkers, right? Yeah. So I went, okay. I'm I wasn't convinced about doing a football based show, but I'll go. I'll go. Three hours I did. Yeah. They didn't give me anyone. Did they not? They brought me no one. <laughs> Three hours sitting in a football, an empty football stadium <laughs> by myself. Oh, if you can manage that, you if you can manage that, you can manage anything. My first proper, because I did radio years and years ago, briefly. Then I got on TV and then I did a little bit of XFM, but I didn't really care. Then when I got the gig at LBC, I filled in for two weeks, Clive Bull, in September. But I was still using drugs. So I cried off the second week sick so lucky they gave me another chance right and my first proper show as a full-on you've got a year's contract at lbc was um christmas eve going into christmas morning 10 o'clock at night till one in the morning it was me and my producer became a friend of mine chris agent chris who'd never produced a show before and we had three phone calls throughout the whole thing. And that was a real baptism by fire. And it was great doing that as the first show proper. Because afterwards, someone said to us, it will never be that hard no. ever again. You've got, you've got three hours out of, it was literally three calls. You've got three hours out of three calls. Boom. You can, you can do it. And that's it. And that's it. Find a way around it. We, we're very lucky that we have this phone number set up and we can plug our computer in and people can call in. But 
but the, the obvious thing to have done would have been to come and go, right, well, we've got a different number, get your pens and papers out, it's 0203, and then given out uh, the number. The joy is, the, 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 the clever part, the silly part, the foolish part, but the fun part was going, let's not give out the number, let's see. And we've had people phone in that know it, because they listen to something else that we do, and we've had people that have phoned in, Naomi's just message saying, I found your number, and then she says where she found it, it's out there, we had Pippo found it, we've yeah. had a couple of people who've who found it and it's been a really really lovely show so we're probably going to do this again at yeah. some point a little secret show because I, I, I i've had the, the bestest time i was really not looking forward to doing the show tonight for some reason i was saying to kath that um the last uh uh sorry people are sending me pictures of their cats and there's kara um, sending me a picture of her cat who looks a bit like Lucky and was one yesterday. Uh. It's the best. Um, I'm having this, this weird kind of space where I love doing this job so much and I really am loving it once we're on. But for the 30 minutes before the show, I get, I'm getting quite anxious. I don't know if it's stage fright is not quite the word, but I'm getting anxious about the show and thinking, oh God, I really don't want to do it. And I'm thinking it's going to be harder than it actually is. Not just tonight, just in general. And so there's something is going on. I don't quite know what. You've been a bit wobbly this week. Yeah. Like, over the weekend, you were getting anxious about something else. Yeah. And then that got sorted out. I, I think it's I think it's trying to find something to latch on to. It is. Uh, it is. You're probably, you're probably right. Anyway, I'm not going to give out the secret phone number. I lied to you. Sorry. I, it wasn't a lie. I thought, I, I, I did mean it when I said it. I did say I was going to give out the secret phone number or the Skype name at half past actually i'm not going to because if no one else calls in we've still got plenty to chat about uh we've not done the vag museum yet gosh um but if if i see someone calling i'll tell you what i need to do actually catherine what? battery is uh Let me plug that in. my battery is running out if you could plug that in i've got to be very careful because the computer is literally balanced i think i've got to get a new laptop soon this one is full of rubbish and i don't really want to when, when it gets full up, you just throw it away and buy a new one, right? Is that how it works? All right, Richie Rich. <laughs> this one's about seven years old. Let me see what year this is. I'm, re- I'm saying about this. Ma- also, I don't want a Mac anymore. Uh, early 2013. Six years. L- l- computer technology has changed so much in those six years. So much. Gemma says, the secret number thing is awesome. It separates the wheat from the chaff. We have had no chaff tonight. It's only been pure wheat. So the, the number is open. The, 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 the Skype is open. If you want to call in, as soon as I see you call in, I will, I will put you through. But in the meantime, uh, me and Catherine are going to chat. So this, this vagina museum. Um, is it for ancient vaginas? <laughs> this is in the, I may have one. <laughs> this is... Uh, this is in the T2, and they do this thing that they do in some, they do it in the Guardian magazine, the Guardian Guide, where instead of just writing, oh, there's a vagina museum opening, and it's being done by this young woman, and they do it as a conversation, you know, so it's like... But like they script it. Well, it's like a thing. Question, what's your favourite museum? Ooh, this is unusually highbrow for you. I like it. Hard to pick, of course, but if force I'd say it's a toss-up between the Victoria and Albert and the British Museum, I can hardly contain my excitement about the upcoming Troy exhibition. Well, I've got a new one for you to visit. The Vagina Museum. I beg your pardon? So it's done like this uh-huh. silly... Well, tell me tell me about this Vagina Museum. So I, 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 there's, I don't know if there's a way of doing it without me 
just reading it, so I read it. The Vagina Museum, it's opening in North London in November, offering visitors the opportunity to take a deep dive into... Oh. I can see where this is going, but why? The founder, Florence Schechter, says she wants to spread the message that there is nothing shameful or offensive about vaginas and vulvas. Instead, they're a party, part of the body that should be celebrated. So basically... Um, Florence Schechter is, I think, a performance artist and a comedian. And we may have spoken to her before. I've got a feeling... She was reminiscent. I sent her a message um, on Twitter saying, would you like to come on and talk about the Vagina Museum? And as I sent it, I thought, oh, she's familiar. Badass women spoke to her. I wonder if we heard that. No, I thought no. I thought we'd approached... What's, what's badass women? Jokes. Jokes. I like the badass women show on a Saturday night. Um, let's go. We've got a call. Hello, caller. You're on Talk Radio. Bye. Oh, goodbye. Okay. <laughs> it was brief. There we go. Goodbye. Thanks. I have the wrong fader open. What an idiot. Thank you, Amy, for saving me there. Um, she's opened pop-up spaces de dedicated to all things vulgar. There's no way to refer to it. <laughs> My pop-up space. I'm going to, I'm just going to read it and you do the gags. All right. Okay. You, you, um, you workshop your Edinburgh show. You should do an Edinburgh show. Shut up. Not an Edinburgh show because it's a waste of time and money. But you should do a show on your own. A live show on your own. Why not? Too busy. No, you're not. I am. That's rubbish. That's rubbish. Why not? Genuinely, why not? There's genuinely too there's busy. Lo there's loads of reasons. Genuinely too busy. I'm genuinely too busy. I, I, when the kid, when, once the kids go back to school, I'm comp I'm watching the clock all day, every day. But let me think about it. You've sown a seed, but don't push it. Because it makes me feel very anxious. Mm-hmm. Continue. That, that's the end of the story. Is so, Fanny's. That's the opening line. I'm in. I would pay 15 quid. This is, if the opening line is so fannies, so fannies with Catherine Boyle. There's someone, please welcome the stage, Catherine Boyle. First line. Stop it. Tell so, me. So, fannies. I'm in. Um, I want to do another solo show, but I don't know what. I don't want to do something as, as produced, as produced. But I don't want to do something as, as, as produced as the Ian Lee versus radio. I want to do something a bit more spontaneous. But that is um, is significantly different from the rabbit hole that we do. By the way, Saturday, December the fourteenth, rabbit hole in London, brand new venue, the mighty Half Moon in Putney, which is stunning. Afternoon show, three till five, Saturday the fourteenth of December. If you go to Ian Lee dot com slash event ianlee.com slash event you can see you get tickets for that and also tickets for brighton which is happening in november let us go to hello caller you're down the rabbit hole I'm hey dude hey who's this christina christina whoa the code <laughs> You got you cracked the code. Don't tell us how about how or, or don't I, tell I us how. I will not. I will not. How long did it take you to crack the code? Um, about ten minutes. And um, I, I tried when Pippa called up. I literally I, I've been on hold for a while because I love that call. Um, but look, I'm listening now. Beautiful. Welcome, welcome, Christina. You did it. You see, you did, guys. It's possible to phone in the show without knowing the phone number. You just got to do a little bit of digging, isn't it, Kath? Mm -hmm. Little bit of digging. 
Uh, Christina, but like you said, if you're a fan, you know exactly. how to um, e- kind of find it. Exactly. You've just got to look in the right corners of the mm. internet. What can we do for you exactly. tonight, Christina? Um, well, a, a couple of things. I enjoyed Pepper's call. Um, just be who you want to be. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't yeah, argue with that. Yeah, Just be who you want to be. About, um, yeah. It's easier um, said than done, though, isn't it? It's an easy thing to oh, say, and and, and people can, well, people can be cruel, but I think most people. Oh, are, oh my God! Oh, Ian, I can't believe you just said that. My my word of the week is cruel. Life oh. is so cruel, and yeah. I think, but I think, I think most people are nice. But, but, but the cruel people are the loudest people. But also I think yeah. we build up in our own heads things that are totally irrelevant and unimportant to other people. We can build them up in our heads as thinking, oh my God, everyone's going to hate me or judge me or, you know, for stuff that other people go, all right, yeah, sure, cool, whatever, whatever. But you're yeah, right. oh, and the silent people are the strongest. Like, we don't have to scream and shout. Um, we've all got troubles and stuff. Yeah. I've literally looked after about five people tonight. Uh-oh. And, yeah, she's got all the stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if silent people oh, yeah. are the strongest. I think there are different ways of, uh, of no. showing, of, of strength. And it can be being silent. It can be talking. It can be crying. It can be sleeping. It can be all kinds of different things. But I get yeah, your point. Well, yeah. I get your point. Yeah. I've, 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 I've met people tonight crying and yeah, I've got my own stuff. Oh, but I've, I've got tickets to your show in December. Yes! We've sold a ticket, yeah! Catherine! This is great news! <laughs> this is great Please news! Please cancel again. This, no, this one is happening. This is going to be a big Christmas show. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really thrilled that we're going to be at the Half Moon in Putney. It's such a great venue and I'm thrilled that they asked us. Yeah. They got in touch and said, would it you like to come and it. do it here? I saw on Twitter. Yeah. Um, the woman that, that is um, booking the acts, Nina, has just been, is a real example of how yeah, <laughs> this Christina. She's in, so interested. She's started listening to the show. There right? you go. You see. Although that's the woman from Lulu as well. Yeah. That's the. We've had all these people. The, the Lulu people who published the book oh, for well, us. Oh, book as well. Yeah. They're listening oh, God, to the show. Oh, Black Samaritans liked my tweet as well. There you go. You see. So things. Things are. Um, I, I, t- I tweeted all of you. I, I, I tweeted you and Kath and Samaritans. I would have. Samaritans liked it. There you go. Well, I liked it as well. I, but I, I just didn't I, click I, the like I, button. Yeah. They, they stopped me kidding myself about five times, and I said, "You, you guys make me happy every evening." And brilliant. Oh, that's sweet. Brilliant. The Samaritans are great. They've saved me three times at, at, at least. You oh, know. Okay, so. Yeah. Oh, I know. There's no top trumps on misery. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I've got two more to go before we're equal. Hey, we've sold um, 300 books. Um, I think we're about 200 quid shy of two grand, which is amazing. So, um, we'll get, do you know what? We'll give that a big plug tomorrow because we've not plugged it for, properly. For, so, yeah. we, we'll start the show off with a big plug for that because I'm, I'm thrilled. But uh, is everything all right? Oh, so can I just say one more thing? I'm so can. sorry about the other night when I wasn't listening. I talked talk about Rupert the Bear and we've done that song. and Yeah. What are you sorry for? It was a great, it was a great call. Were you apologising for doing a great call for? No, because I didn't feel it was. Well, you don't get to decide. I get to decide. No, I don't Kath gets to decide. That was I a know, great yeah. call. Cool. Oh, thank you for that. Yes, you're very welcome. Well, I enjoy your calls, Christine. It's nice talking to you. It's nice. It's oh, nice. I do, yeah. Yeah, because I know when you do um, the... Oh, can, yeah, can you give me the percentage words for me? The what? Percentage of um, top calls to bad calls. You've got quite a high percent, because you're quite... I, 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 I think I'm about 65% good. I consider you a relatively new caller. Oh, yeah. Did you just snort? Because if you did, your percentage has dropped massively. I heard a snort. Oh, um, I, I, I literally... No, I, 
I'm getting a cold. So All right, yeah. well, I'll, I'll, well, the percentage holds steady. Um, it's, uh, you've only done a few calls. I'm, I'm saying you're, you're a solid 85. I've done a few. Oh, no, I've been, I've been calling for the I'm last having, couple of months. I'm it was having, from I'm the comedy thing. I'm started. giving you a solid 85, but you need to practice your listening skills. I know you said that the other day, but yeah. look, I, at least I got memory skills. There you got, you got wicked memory skills. That's great. That's not in question. I'm giving you a solid 85 percent. That's made my night, Ian. Thank you very much, Christina. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you very <laughs> much indeed. Bye bye. <laughs> look what they're selling on the um, shopping channel again. Is it the vi vibrator yeah. pads? I bet they, I bet they shift a lot of those, those Muslim men. Uh, we missed a phone call there. Let me try this call. And Why have they got the tops off? <laughs> watching the shopping <laughs> channel. Here we go. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. Just try this, because they called while we were speaking to Christina. But quite often when we call back on Skype, people have to, there used to be a facility on Skype, really early on, where you tick a box and it would say, call me now. And it would mean that your number was visible to anybody who... Welcome to the O2 message. Oh, they're not there. Yeah. Who, your number was visible to anybody who ticked a box there and saying, I want to speak to random people. And it was great, because you just get randoms phoning up, and you could do voices, and you could whine, or you could swear at them and stuff. And Skype got rid of that. Why? Unbelievable. Uh, last 20 minutes of the show. It's the secret show. There's a secret phone number. The studio number doesn't work. If you can work out what our secret telephone number is, you can come on the show. The Late Night Alternative. Kath and Ian, every weeknight from 10 on Talk Radio. The Late Night Lip Service for lovers, loners and lounge lizards. Yeah, well, where, where exactly is your accent from? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Oh, I've forgotten your name already. Excuse me. On Talk Radio. So, the Vagina Museum's going to be in Camden. They, uh, um, Florence Schechter, who's behind it, has raised £50,000 through uh, crowdfunding. Um, the website promises a holistic view of vaginas. Free entry. Oh, God, really? Uh, there'll also be events, workshops and film screenings. The first exhibition is called Muff Busters. Vag uh, vagina Myths and How to Fight Them. And it ends with... I think we should all go, just no fanning around in the gift shop. Okay, guys. <laughs> uh, we missed a phone call on the secret line. Let's see if we can give them a little call. If you could see how precariously oh. balanced my computer is. By the is. way, Brittany Span Stanos. Spanos? Hang on a second. Hello, caller. Hi, Ian. Hi, Kev. Hey, who's this? Um, this is Jay. Hey, Jay. Um, what, what can we do for you tonight, Jay? Yeah, I just wanted to quickly mention, um, with the, with the Twitter thing that happened today, I sort of, uh, what you were saying about it earlier, it sort of resonated with me. It's like, I don't know, I don't quite remember. I think you said something in the lines of, um, you know, it didn't quite resonate along your personal philosophy of like, and that struck a bell because, um, you know, these days with, with the whole, cause this Twitter has this good, it's, it's, it's a great tool in, yeah. in the right circumstances. And then it also has this negative energy, and especially when something happens and something crashes on suddenly, especially when, when you know, it's for, for something like Brexit, when, when tensions are running high, you don't realise, like, when you start piling onto something or someone or whatever for the strangest reason, and it just keeps going. And, and when you're when everyone else is also doing it at the same time, you sort of fail to realise in the moment and you just carry on. But I feel like, yeah, I have I have conflicted feelings about Twitter because I I definitely think it's a great tool and 
I am almost starting to use it um, since, I don't know, it was just like 2008, 2009 when it first started. And yeah. I've, you know, I've observed how it's gone on from just being people using it for like <laughs> updating status about what they had for breakfast to like, you know, breaking news stories and... And, and, and telling um, people to go home to their own countries because they're C-words. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit and, of it now. And the orange nightmare in the White House, you know, making foreign policy on it. So it's, yeah. it's you know, the whole spectrum of, of how it's sort of changed from, from zero to 100. So, but yeah, that was, that was a nice thing to sort of look back and say, like, you know, hang on, this, 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 it's, it's possible to sort of get carried away in the, in the I think it's, it's really important to, for people to sort of bear that in mind. Have you read um, John Ronson's book, So You've Been Shamed? So You've Been Publicly Shamed. Shamed. Have you read that? No, that's, that's great. I it's a that. really good book, and it's about what it's about Twitter pylons, if you boil it down to its essence. Yeah. It's about the impact of people who have been the victim of Twitter pylons and how it's impacted their lives and how the different ways that they have have dealt with it. And um, Kath reminded me of it today because she, she tweeted about it. And it's a really interesting yeah. uh, book. And you're right, and thank you for reminding me, because I forget... That Twitter is actually amazing. What was the title again? It's called So You've Been Publicly Shamed. Right. And it's by John Ronson. R-O-N-S-O-N. Really good book. You can probably get it for a couple of quid now because it's a couple of years old. But I've forgotten that Twitter is amazing. Twitter is an amazing invention that we can communicate. Oh, hang on. Is he gone? What's going on? What happened there? I think we lost him. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, the Twitter is an amazing invention. Right? It's an incredible invention. Um, but it's, I think he's just called back. Jay, is that you? Hello? Hello, who's that? Andrew. Hello, Andrew. I thought you were Jay. I do apologise. What can we do for you, Andrew? Since you and Cass have been together since the BBC Three Cannies. Yes, sir. Yeah, three Cannies. What is your best time on the radio together what best what what do you remember what's the best time Our best memory or whatever yeah together and it has to be with Kath right I can't oh shut up <laughs> of course it's got to be with Kath alright I'm just thinking if I could talk about uh, Eloise or Agent Chris or someone or Davis no cause since you've been since you've been on three counties you and Kath you and Kath I've, I've listened to you when back in the day three counties and I've heard some great stuff, but since then, what's been the best time, what best call or best time you've had together? Do you remember when we set fireworks off on the roof at the other place? Yeah, we got told off for it. Yeah. Then you found out, like, months afterwards, when the bosses um, um, found the bits. Can I, I take, can it be from three counties? Yeah. Right, I'll, tell, I'll tell you my favourite time is when we... Told when I told a load of Christian homophobes that they were homophobic, yeah. and the shitstorm that grew around that, and it just <coughs> brought me and Catherine closer together. Because the, the, that day when I got a phone call saying there might be a problem, I phoned up Kath and said, "This is not going to end well. This is not you. You we're about to get stitched up massively." And then a week later, I got the boot. But also, and it was it was heartbreaking. And I did have a breakdown, but. At that point, I also knew I was going to come to talk radio. So it wasn't, it was, it was that period when I knew that we were totally in the right and it was horrible and it was really upsetting, but. 
I remember, I remember that, I remember that call, I remember that. Oh, it was nuts. I remember that. Um, it, it was nuts. And it was I was, nuts. and I yeah. knew I was coming here, and I had, was like 50% sure I could get Catherine here as well, and it's like, right, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go full in, I'm gonna get you a job at Talk Radio as well if I can. Um, and it was, it was that, it was, uh, it was that, even though it was horrible, that's the, probably the thing I look back on, Kath, I don't know, yeah. you? Yeah, it was probably, it was a making of us, we didn't know it at the time. Yeah. We've had a few things like that that have been really rough at the time, but actually we've come through it and we've been better off afterwards. Brilliant. I know the funniest thing, tastes like food. Oh, God. Did you remember Taste Like Food, Andrew? Um... Leslie. It was here. It was here. It was quite early on, so it's probably about three years ago. It was an old guy called Leslie, and I don't really remember it. But he said so, he said he didn't like a food that we've been talking about because it didn't taste like food. And so we then yeah. played a game where people would phone in and just. It, it makes no sense saying it out loud. You had to be there. People would phone in and say a food to him, and he go. Mm. Tastes like food. Yeah, I can remember that. Tastes yeah. like food. Mm, no, it doesn't taste like food. And I don't know why, but I was just, I was howling at that. And I can't explain why, because it sounds like nonsense. But maybe we'll put, if, no- we, if we can dig Taste Like Food out next week, maybe we'll put it out as a podcast. There was another one, it. I think, I think there's another one on, uh, um, back on the BBC thing. Yeah. It was, what, it was the girl, and you were saying, do you drive? Jeff. Yes, I do. Oh, Jeff, do you drive? No, no, no. Do you, can you, do, do you drive? Yes, no, 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 no. Do you drive? Yes. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't remember what, where it was or yeah. how, who it was. I remember. It was just unbelievable. It, it was, it was an old guy called Jeff who'd rung yeah. up and we knew from the moment he rang up that it was going to be a classic because he started yeah. telling us his, ex- where are you from, Jeff? He started telling us his exact yeah. coordinates. <laughs> We knew exactly how old he was within the first 10 seconds of the conversation. I mean, he just told us everything. The question I wanted to ask was, Jeff, do you drive fast? Do you drive fast? But he wouldn't, I'd go, Jeff, do you drive? Yes, I do. Yeah. He wouldn't let me get to the word fast or quickly or whatever Slowly. it was. Slowly. Uh, it's on YouTube. Go, if you type in Ian Lee, do you drive, dear listener, you will That's find brilliant. out exactly what Andrew is talking about. It's very, very funny. Brilliant. We've yeah. had loads, we're Thanks. so lucky that we've had loads of moments like that. This is our job. And we've had loads of moments like that. So, um, we're oh, very blessed. But you love your job. Oh, man, it's the best. It's the, I get to, basically, I get to come and show off to my best mate every night. My job is to make my best mate laugh. That's it. Because I know if she's laughing, there's a good chance that you lot will be laughing as well. Um, and, and your best mate makes us laugh as well. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Sometimes intentionally as well. Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, uh, it's nice to talk to you, mate. Thank you for the Thanks, call. Thanks, Andrew. Cheers. Cheers. Well, there we go. There we go. I really can't think of a favourite moment. I forget things. The so shows when you're not here are, are a real joy. What did I say? Can't just let us have a nice time, can what, you? What did I say? What did I say, someone? What did I say? <laughs> Come on, man. Something some mardy. Real mard on tonight. That's another one of those things, right, that never sorts out people's mardiness. It's not being mard. You got a mard on? I haven't got a mard on. Don't know, you can see it from there anyway. I can feel it. What stories have you got to uh, entertain the troops with? All right. Ready to be entertained, everyone? (laughs) Oh, by the way, 
the editor of Chat It's Fate is coming into the studio one night. Oh, Very, cool. very soon to talk about a haunted arse. And <laughs> That's true. And I was going to tell you about, you, I think yours, someone's died in yours, certainly. I don't know whether there's a ghost there yet. Um, there's a ghost in my ass, <laughs> and it keeps on haunting me. Keeps on reminding me. Um, Brittany Spanos we've got tomorrow. Uh, who is the Britney, who works, writes for Rolling Stone and is She's aware of the, the whole Spears Britney case. Spears thing. Brilliant. She's great. She's really so good. good. Oh, I look forward to that. Thank you. Um, a new production of the hugely popular musical, The Rocky Horror Show, got a rocky reception in Chester last night. Oh. A small knot of religious protesters formed outside Chester's storehouse theatre. What? Brandishing placards with biblical quotations such as, I mean... People are protesting is, the Rocky Horror Show in 2019? I know. But great publicity. Um, quotations such as, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And be sure your sin will find you out. Thou shalt not wear stockings and mince around on stage. So Thou shalt not fanny about doing the time warp. It's a brilliant show. I saw Jason uh, Donovan do it. Who did I see doing it? I, I didn't like the film. The film I watched when I was too young and it freaked me it out. Those freaky, big yeah. lips at the front. Um... I saw, I think I saw Aid Edmondson in it when I, when I saw it. I what, it's Frankenfurter? I don't know. No, he might have been the nerdy guy. I can't remember. Mm. Such a long time ago. Uh, hello, Caller. You are on Talk Radio on The Secret Show. I'm rubbing my ribs. I'm rubbing my ribs. I'm rubbing my ribs. Happy bum. Thank you very much indeed. There we go. A little uh, rib rub in there. I like that. I like that. As audience members began to arrive to see the camp musical with its themes of cross-dressing, pansexuality and alien invasion, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's a lot. The protesters jeered at them, saying that they had dirty minds. Well, guys, have you seen it? Because you seem to be thinking about it a lot. Yeah. And it's not the first time this particular production's come under fire from hardcore Christians. Um, when it went to uh, High Wycombe, a Buckinghamshire pastor found himself unable to turn the other cheek and handed a letter of protest to the Wycombe Swan Theatre, branding the show a corruption of public decency. There's a great story. Um, um, there's a there's a great story coming down um, uh, that Michael Palin was was telling about how the, the life of Brian was banned in quite a lot of places in Britain. Yeah. I think in Bristol. I think. And years later, one of the actresses who'd had a small but speaking part was a, became a local councillor for Bristol. Oh yes. And so she unbanned the film and then invited Michael Palin down to the first ever official screening of, of it in this area where it had been banned for like 40 years. It's uh, it's a great story. Hey, wh hey man, how you doing? Hey, I'm all right. How are you? Fine. We've been doing the show via my laptop and Skype. We yeah. can close this now. Thank goodness. I was ready for that. Hang around for a bit. Actually, there, there you <laughs> go. Uh, good, good luck. Good luck. luck. You got 58:30. Tell us what is happening on your show this evening, please. 58:30. Oh, good morning. Time to fill. Brilliant. Excellent. Uh, I don't really know, to say the truth. Okay. Uh, because I suppose, I guess anything could happen. Um, I think we're going to try and speak to a guy who swam the channel. I think that might happen. It all depends if these people have got Skype, I guess, doesn't it? <laughs> Oh, see, um, genuinely, it's that much up in the air. It's really. This it, is the it, night. This is the night that's going to make you. Really, anything could happen. Oh, okay, let's, you can do it. It's fine. It's fine. You'll be able to do it. It's um, it's it's baptism by fire. That's what we all need. Yeah. Good luck. We are back tonight at ten. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Amy. This is Talk Radio. This is Talk Radio.